Welcome to Dialogue Choices Podcast, episode 69. Made you look, I lied to you. It's not that nice. one. No, it's Didn't not I'm... nice. I just anti-niced oh. you. You've been nega niced. You've been nice bald for <laughs> What? <laughs> no. Jeez. Oh, no. tell, tell me. Tell me it isn't. It is freaking. We're not what? even close no. to sixty-nine. No. No, we're not even close. How did you? Um, I don't know how you. You believed was, me. Of course I did. It's like this is like a reflex thing. Condition. You're so trusting. Yeah. Not the not the Nintendo episode. We're gonna not talk about Nintendo oh, we're though. Go- what? I just it's it's episode sixty four. I could have planned something like for this, but I'm only just now I'm now checking what episode it even is. <laughs> <laughs> so there are not any Nintendo wow. related plans to celebrate this incredible milestone of this podcast that won't fucking die. This has to be my longest running podcast ever, huh? There's been is so it? many. I I don't know. It's your podcast. Yeah, I just keep having podcasts, and then. It's the number re- restarts periodically for varying reasons, and then uh, and then we just have another podcast. What I like is that probably you like had a episode two hundred or something. <laughs> you had a podcast that was only for your patrons, except every five ones, and you had like a bajillion of those, and then you ran out ran out of questions because people just started forgetting what <laughs> questions were, and then you decided to make another podcast, and I'm I'm glad that you did. About asking people to send questions in to dialogue choices that, that they also don't send in. <laughs> no, I, uh, what is it? Uh, how to put this? Yeah, I did have like essentially like a 100 episode podcast that's, that's, uh, hidden. I was just trying to scroll all the way down to the last episode of Sit and Discuss. Sit and Discuss was only 24 episodes. That was like a relatively short lived thing. We're, we're already double that here. Look, look at us go. It was years it, ago. It was you were young. That's why it feel it felt like it was longer. But yeah, I did like a like a 100 episode Q and A podcast for Patreon because it was just supposed to be a perk for Patreon, basically. But it was just time consuming, so, and so it wasn't that there weren't questions coming in. Uh, it was just the fact that I'm like this. This kind of ran its course, right? Do you really need more mm-hmm. than a hundred? episodes of one guy doing a Q&A for, for Patreon. I was like, I feel like we did enough of this. I feel like maybe at episode 100 or whatever, I should just like move on and then use that exact amount of time and effort every weekend to do like a more regular podcast that isn't just me. Uh, and then like in that case, it was like, it was, we would, I would, I would, in many cases, I would look at one question and then I would answer it for like an hour which is mm-hmm. akin to this stuff, but this stuff goes, this stuff gets even more weird and off topic because <laughs> like there's three people and it could just, and like that one, we like get one third of the way into answering a question and then we go on 17 tangents and then like I remind us two hours in what the question was <laughs> then we go back or something. We, we don't need questions though. We just go, we just go with a premise, an accusation, a thesis and Colonel's thesis that he fucking presented before this episode started was that Deathloop is a game you shouldn't even play for free. Wow. I did that. I did say I'm that. I'm coming at you with your own takes. <laughs> this is I this is like you're like uncovering my my dirty secrets cuz yeah. I gave that in in the confidence of of the quietness of our Discord call. Nah, defend thyself and, internet cuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I gave wow. it to Andrew so it was like a, a a friend in need asked me for help and I said no. 
thine shall not play this bestooth <laughs> hark and um no actually i i played <laughs> i have a i have a love hate relationship with with um death loop because i wanted to like it and it didn't grab me for reasons that i i can get onto in a little bit but i wanted to like it and i and i didn't didn't like i didn't hate it but i didn't like it and then it crashed it just wouldn't proceed and uh and it also didn't record like it stopped recording for whatever reason so like i lost footage then it's a game that doesn't allow me to go back because so that's so yeah, frustrating. It just, it, there's nothing. There's. It's one of the worst things that happens to let's players is when you have a game that just like is a single file autosaving forever, and there's like a continual narrative to the entire playthrough. And so the only way to like recover footage you lose is to start the entire fucking game over. But sometimes that's not even an option because like in a game like Demon's Souls or whatever, it's like okay, well. I guess I could just make a new file and retrace my steps, but faster this time because I know the game better now and I'll just get to the part where we lost the footage and we'll, I'll go like record that part, which is what I had to do with Bloodborne. Like three fourths yeah, of the way into the game, I lost footage and I'm like, I guess I gotta make a new fucking file. Uh, but games like this war of mine or like death loop are like a bizarre playthrough with like oh, yeah. semi random elements and all these other stuff that you can't like re can't like easily recreate the scenario that you were in before the lost footage to then get the lost footage. So you're just like, I yeah. series ruined. Fuck you. Like I had, I had my, my power went out and I lost my footage way back when I was playing invisible ink. Mm. And that is, mm. you can't do anything about that. <laughs> it's just gone. I go to great lengths to prevent that from, being a problem, including having two UPS on both of my Jesus computers. Christ. And and I always have the redundancy of having the the stream footage, which actually happened to me in uh Elden it, Ring. It is definitely like an incentive hours. to just stream everything you ever do. Yeah. The pro the problem with Elden Ring for me is that I lost two hours of footage and so like in the middle of the let's play there's like four episodes of, of me actually showing up on camera instead of not, because I don't do that on the Wait, let's play. What <laughs> What file type are you recording in? Uh, so what? What? Ha uh, I'm recording in MKV, but Keith is not. Wah. Yeah, M I lost MKV footage because. Will... Uh, yeah, MKV will, but I lost footage because uh, the game sort of semi crashed midway through, and then after that it was about a black screen only, and I was playing normally, and then I noticed, wait a minute, I'm not recording. That's terrible. <laughs> oh, that kind of loss. Ah, uh, so like yeah. Yeah. Which is what happened to Deathloop. Uh, Deathloop. But the problem with Deathloop is this. It's really well made, apart from the crash. Even with the crashes and the not recording. Like, it's a, it's a solid game that has good production. The voice acting is impeccable. The writing is interesting. The level design is interesting as well. Uh, you can tell that it's a team that made uh, Prey. But It's not the team that made not... Prey, though. Okay, well... They right it isn't isn't it, it the I, isn't it the dishonored team and we there was like a whole I feel like we talked about in this podcast that like it was the do, dishonored team forgetting. made Deathloop <laughs> and that Prey was made by a different team which is why it's so fucking weird to play Deathloop which spoilers it's my next playthrough I'm relatively deep into it right now uh, it's like a step back from Mooncrash but. 
It's not yes. by the team that worked on Moon Crash. So, like, it's two different competing companies that basically aren't the same company, as far as I can tell. Otherwise, they would have iterated on Moon Crash instead of, like, essentially not learning what they learned while playing, making Moon Crash and making, like, almost like a prototype for Moon Crash that would eventually... Like, if these games... Came, I would believe you if you told me these games came out in the other order. And that this, Deathloop came out first, and then Moon Crash was them, like perfecting it later but instead the weird little dlc for prey is a better version of this idea than the full game that's named after the idea and i it's video games are weird <laughs> video games are yeah. so weird so i'm looking at the names here or at the i'm trying to find the, the info and you are right uh death loop was made by arcane leon which is the french studio of arcane and Dishonored 2 was also developed by them. And Dishonored 1 was uh, before they had multiple studios. But Prey, as far as I can tell, was... Yeah, Prey was done by Arcane Austin. Which is just... Prey is one of my favorite games of all time. I didn't like Moon Crash at all. A lot, at all. I have so many problems with Moon Crash. But some of them uh, might Moon be Crash just the way cool. I played. I think I, I, it didn't account for my play style. And I just, it didn't gel with it. And yeah, I didn't like it at all. I, I finished it, but uh, but Prey is amazing. I I, I it, it was amazing, and uh, like um, I yeah, so much so that I think the level design of Deathloop is kind of up there with Prey. But the problem is Deathloop. The systems the game has, like the interface and the <sighs> the the upgrade paths of your weapons, and the reason why you want upgrade paths and the builds and the skills and the reason why you do things over and over again, it's just not there. It's like they designed a storyline and a game that would, be, that would be totally fine with just finding weapons and using them or finding keys or whatever and using them for puzzles and whatnot. But then they decided to add a roguelike uh, system on top of it, and it doesn't work. It, there's no incentive to to really care and it's not satisfying either the uh, to use the, specifically the weapon upgrade interface and the uh, managing the inventory is just so clunky like it's polished it's and horrible but, it's also it's so like the game is full of very obviously made for controller controls and we both played it on oh, pc yeah. like one of the most mm -hmm. glaring ones is the fact that every time you use a combination lock you have to like it brings up like a circular screen for controlling what number you like are inputting on the code, and it's mm. controlling with the mouse is confusing. You like you you never quite you just kind of like start spinning your mouse like you're trying to like pretend it's a joystick because you're like what how do I how do I quickly get it to the six? It's on the other side of where it starts. Like how do I quickly swoop it around this weird circle? Because I don't have a, it's like if they, all they had to do was give me a keypad to click on and I just click the numbers I want but it's a fucking right joystick interface element. And I'm like, I don't have a joystick. What are you doing to me? The, uh, mm -hmm. I had the, uh, uh, the quest log that's made for like, move, like it's clearly made for left stick, right stick, left trigger, right trigger, where left and right trigger zoom in and out and left and right stick are like one of them moves the one scrolls the screen and then one moves your cursor around and then you would like click on the objectives you want on this big like note board. But on PC, it's like right click to drag in your basic interface for looking at quests. Like that's like 
a bizarre thing to have to put in any video game is right click to drag that isn't like a strategy game or some strange thing I, like it's like one step away from like how you move stuff around in like freaking like unity or something like it's just it's a bizarre <laughs> way to surface controls in the game but at one point it just broke at one point it, i just my game just stopped letting me drag my interface around so i had to turn on my controller and so i got a sample of what it feels like to use the controller in that menu and suddenly it made way more sense but it was the only way i could get out of that screen because i couldn't navigate to the objective i was trying to look at because the, it just stopped accepting right click drag at all and i'm like this is an incredibly strange thing but like the synthesis the weird infusion mechanic is like you go to every individual so you're already like this is a this is a this is a first person shooter pc game so default position of hands right hand is on the, the key on the control on the uh the mouse and left hand is on wasd obvious like at no point when you're playing Overwatch in general, like, do they expect you to move your left hand? They understand where it is, and they base their controls around where the left hand is. And I thought we all understood this about PC games and shooters and so on. But then, like, this game is like, now nah, every single time you want to infuse something, you got to hold down Enter for three <laughs> seconds for some reason. And I'm like, Holding why down. hold it down? Like, why... Yeah. Every every press to hold command on PC, you're like, oh, this is a controller thing, and they just didn't bother changing it. But strangest of all, when you want to sell stuff, it would turn it into oh, yeah. the infusion powder shit. You hold delete on something, and then you press delete once on everything else you want to delete. So you only have to hold it the first time. But the whole point of holding something is to confirm it, to give you that little bit of resistance so you don't do it on accident or whatever. But they make you hold to confirm deleting the first thing, but it's not actually deleting it, it's just selecting it. And then you tap delete on all the other ones you want to get rid of, which, by the way, we're talking about the delete key on the keyboard, like, incredibly far from your from where your hand is playing a shooter. Why did yep. they put, why would they do that? But then, after you press the delete button on all the things you want to get rid of, you then hold the space bar to actually confirm it. Which is what? And in no other menu in the entire game is spacebar confirm. In fact, any other men menu, if you press spacebar, it takes you to your loadout screen. So, like, the buttons do different things on every menu. And it's just very strange. They took, like, the, the game... It took me a while to realize that this game lets you hold three guns and a, and a machete. And they are just mapped to one, two, three, four, like in Counter-Strike or any other shooter that has a bunch of guns, because the interface mm -hmm. only shows you a couple of them at a time, like you're going to cycle through them with your bumpers or something. And it does mm -hmm. not, and it only tells you which one's next, like they're Tetris pieces, when they could just show you the guns you have or just to depict them normally. So it feels like this weird chain of hotkeys that you're supposed, that is like very strange to read on your interface when it's like, it's like it, it made it somehow more confusing despite the fact that it's just how every shooter has its controls laid out for you, you just like you can just memorize what number is which gun and move on with your life but they made they 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 managed to show it so strange that i couldn't tell what they meant for a while i just i that's, what that's a bizarre, it's a it's a strange game i can see i can see why you you would miss that but that's rough <laughs> It's uh, especially because the game does reward you for weapon management. Because like, you can't carry too many bullets. 
No. And uh, for me, the uh, like it feels like it's a game of two hearts, a little bit like Mooncrash feel felt like, um, but not not quite in the same way. It feels like they wanted to tell a cool story of these all these wacky characters and have you find out about them by spying on them or reading reading their journals or finding out their like piecing things together, which is cool. It's really fun. That's how Prey works. Uh, although Prey works like that, but in a different level. It's like almost optional for you to do that. And it rewards you so much when you try start to doing that. That it's just like uh, that's I, I thought that was genius. But in uh in Deathloop, the game requires you to piece the things together. And because it's all tied to a a quest journal. It basically all you have to do is just click the next thing. You don't actually need to think to find out the the storyline. You just need okay, let's do this one next, and the game shows you whatever the game wants to tell you. But the problem with that is that it loses any sort any sense of pacing because you can just skip to any like you can as soon as you start having access to just waiting and having different time zones and different you know starting the game in different areas and different t- times a day. Um, as soon as that happens, you just have you can break the pacing of the game, and it happens like an hour into the game or an hour and a half, maybe. Uh, and or what happens four is four hours into the game if you're me. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, this maybe game I'm... has an astonishingly handholdy but also bizarrely paced and just strange tutorial. Where they they just mm-hmm. like hard lock you into not being able to play the game as it's intended to play for a while for yeah. hours, but also not like it's not like the game is like fucking hurry up and just rush to this part as fast as possible. We want to show you where the game gets good. It's like it's it just goes on for, for so long that you end up visiting like every zone of the game and going through an entire <laughs> loop. And it also is like you know like go ahead and explore if you want. And it's like no, don't tell me to explore. It's it's I got. This is a part of the yeah, game where yeah. I can't actually get anything done and I'll lose everything at the end of the loop. Don't tell me to explore now, game. That's a horrible yeah. idea. I think, I don't remember if I got lucky that somebody told me or I noticed, but basically, as you're saying, the tutorial is weirdly paced because the tutorial is basically, it gives you access to, a you know, you can do a loop and you can just explore a little, but it's railroaded and you don't get anything out of it. So what you need to do is you just follow the quest markers as fast as possible. Don't explore anything because it doesn't matter. And it's much better if you explore it later. Uh, so the game, t- but the game, as you say, it tells you to, you can explore now. I don't know if somebody, somebody must have told me in chat. And I was like, okay, I'll just f- ignore everything now. <laughs> and that's yeah, why it pro, took me an Pro hour tip for anyone that hasn't played Deathloop yet. Just sprint through it, not thinking, chasing objectives, and don't do anything else for like an hour or two. that's the best part of the game, by the way. Like, just blitz that, through that part of the game as fast as possible because... Any attempts to engage, it's almost it's as bad as like great. finding a, finding out the hard way about like Monster Hunter having a, high, a low rank and a high rank. You like you mean all the gear I've gotten so far was pointless? I farmed for hours yesterday. Like, but like in Deathloop, it's like you literally just lose everything because of how the loops work, and you don't. Mm-hmm. You literally have to like finish this looping process and get through the tutorial until you finally get your first real objective, which is to unlock the ability to keep stuff. And then that's when mm-hmm. suddenly it's like, oh, there's like a level select and I can do things. Up until then, every time you get into this menu that happens between missions, which by, by between missions, I mean like the loop is broken up into four times of day. And every time you don't you even f- know the loop is what the loop is at the beginning. No, you don't really understand like the pace of the game yet. 
yeah. at the beginning of the game, every time you leave a location, it advances time to the next of four time periods that happen over the course of one day. And that day repeats. Every time it repeats, you lose everything. Uh, it forces you into this weird menu where they want you to like look at all your loot. It spends an entire screen celebrating all the stuff you picked up, which is very fucking it gives you like five screens to skip through every time you finish even the most minor oh, yeah, task it's it like yeah. it's very obnoxiously like i just finished a match of like halo infinite or overwatch and it's like here's a bunch of annoying pop-ups that try to make me feel good about all the stuff i got but it's just noise and it's all worthless you got a blue gun and a purple gun and, and uh, 700 upgrade nodes that you now have to read i'm like oh fuck oh no it's so clunky uh, but yeah, at the begin at the uh, at the beginning, every time you go to this menu, I was like not even learning how it works because what they do is they force you to just click what they want you to click over and over again. Like they literally black out the screen and put a little box around the one thing you're allowed to click on, and they make you do that for like the first like two hours of the game. Like that's the only way mm -hmm. to engage with this whole mechanic is you just like click here now. This does this thing. No, no, not click here. It's like it's like having an overbearing person teaching you how to play their favorite game and they won't just shut up and let you just play the game. But it's like the developers just physically shackling you. And it's like it's like mobile games. It's like the antithesis the reason, in many ways of like the idea of making an immersive sim. Like exactly. Go go learn and do what you want to do. And it's like it's fucking this game's like terrified I won't get it. And I'm like, of course I get it. I already played a, a better version of this four years ago by a company called the same company as you. <laughs> And that it one, as far as I can remember, did not do this kind of like, like I know it had expl it explained itself, but I don't think it did it this poorly for this long. Whilst well, there were things that it didn't explain very well at all. Uh, Moon Crash, for example, I'd never in engaged at all with the mule that ki carries your loot. You can you can in in a prey Moon Crash, you can have a robot that carries you through uh, carries loot through the loops, which is really handy. I never did that. Um, I, I don't remember if I did or was. not. There's a bunch of powers that just are never explained. And oh, and the uh, quest objectives are also, some of them are like obtuse and you have no idea what they mean until you stumble by them, uh, onto them by suffering. At yeah. least that was well, my a, decent, a decent amount of prey was about carefully exploring this entire level to figure out like what is happening on that place and so on because it is an investigation game. And then you're like, mm -hmm. oh, and then, and then you, like, you eventually piece together your, like, your five big ways of surviving the... the uh, the apocalypse and so on mm -hmm. but this one is just like it's not there's like a really key difference between these is that like death loot's not exploration focused despite also being an investigation game about figuring out what's going on in a time loop and like this is inherently like the genre like you make your big you make your big time loop mystery thing you have a character that doesn't know what's happening or what happened or something and they have to investigate what's going on and they have to piece together the clues and figure out what's going on. I've played I have a whole playlist that's just part ones of games that are this because of how many times I've played games that are in this style. And like mm -hmm. this one just doesn't really do it. It does what I didn't it does the same thing that I didn't like about uh Forgotten City. Cuz Forgotten City is originally a Skyrim mod and you can tell because one of the most damning things it does is it just turns all of these objectives into a quest log with that are just about going to the next guy and talking to them most of the time. And then he just tells you who the guy next guy is to talk to. And so you, a, a significant percentage of the mystery of that game is just like walking around the environment and exhausting everyone's dialogue. 
there was a bit more to it in that game than in this game. Like uh, Forgotten City did, still, you still had to like observe the entire environment, find everybody wherever the hell they were, and so on, and like do some self-driven exploration. Whereas Deathloop is almost entirely, you start off with a quest marker, which splits into like eight quest markers that you pick from manually. And then just every time you're in a location, you just go hunt down the quest marker. And so you just go to the thing and then you go click on mm -hmm. the thing. And most and of the time, you, when you get to the, yeah, like most of the time you get to the thing, it's like, ah, oh, shit, you don't know the password. You gotta get the password now. And I just have, now you just have a new quest marker to get the password. So it's just chasing quest markers as usual. But with the added, the slight added complexity, but but it's not so much complexity as it is like busy work, of that you need to leave the zone every time you do any objective, and then come back at the correct time or place to do the next part of the objective. So that it just yeah, it's like normal, still... yeah, it's like normal quest marker chasing with added backtracking and loading screens, because you load you you load into the same. There's four maps, and you load in at the same point every time. And that also means that every time you finish what you're doing, you have to run back to that point to leave. And so you, there's a lot of a lot of the overall game is running in to the waypoint, finding, reading the note that says, "Ah, oh, you need to go get a password now." Then you run all the way back to where you started, skip all the credits about all the dumb guns you picked up or whatever that don't matter, and then go to your quest log to find out the place and time that you need to do for the next objective. And then you can either just skip to that time and then go to that place without without doing any other thinking, or you can like kind of role play the death loop willingly and be like, oh well, that's at nightfall, but it's it's the afternoon now. So what can I do now in the afternoon to further my other goals? But like, there's no actual reason to do that. It's just like yep. makes you feel like you're using your time efficiently and being cool. If you're like, oh, well, I'm going to make all this stuff happen this loop. But, like, you can loop as much as you want. It doesn't really matter. And there's not, like, there's no reason not to just skip ahead to the exact time. Even if it's, like, you, even if you were just at noon and the next objective is in the morning and you have to literally skip past the afternoon and night and then reset the loop back to the morning and lose all your stuff. You can just do that. You just and click it three times. Now it's the morning and, and then you can go get the thing. In fact, if you do that, if you skip and just, you know, go for where you want and just get to the, the point, it's probably much better. I didn't do that, and for me, the sense of pacing was totally out the window because I was basically Because you're juggling, like, characters. unconnected stories. Yeah, and I couldn't keep everything in mind because there's just so much information being thrown at you because... It's a lot of characters to keep track of, too, given that yeah. you almost never meet them. And there's so secrets like, as well, like because the, the, there's things going on that you don't understand at first. And then, oh, that's what that guy was doing there. And then you start to piece things together. And obviously the game eventually leads you to there, but you can piece them together ahead of time by just paying attention, which is pretty cool as an idea, but you can't keep track of it unless you're really smart. <laughs> I, I couldn't keep track of all of it. If, you, if you're, if you're uh, doing what you're saying, like role-playing the, the, the loop, and just being like, okay, what what can I do now this afternoon? What can I do this night? And then tomorrow yeah. I'll do, yeah. Also, uh, I, like I haven't but, finished it either, but I I just can't tell. I sometimes can't tell what the game's going for or what its point is because it is just kind of mindlessly chasing objectives, and so it's hard to say why those objectives exist. Sometimes, like does the guy with the wolf max mask, Alexis? I've killed him several times. It's easy. But my objective for a long time 
was to figure out how to tell him apart from all the other wolf masks. And I'm like, I killed him already. <laughs> I've killed him like three times because we keep looping. Do I really need to know which one he is? The game says you killed Alexis when the right guy dies. It's That's it. Uh, and then at some point my objective changed from uh, find out which one is the mask to you found a way to lure out Alexis. And I'm like, oh, I'm not 1000% sure how exactly that note meant that I can lure out Alexis now. But once again, I lure out Alexis by firing a gun and then shooting everybody that comes after me when I when they hear the gun. And then Alexis is one of them, and it's like you killed Alexis. It's not that deep. <laughs> like I don't this, really. Yeah. I haven't finished this quest chain yet, but I don't know why it's a quest chain because I've already beaten him. Uh, maybe you lure him somewhere else eventually, but it does not sound like that. It does sound like I'm going to kill Alexis ultimately in that location, because ultimately what the death loop is is that there's too many characters in too many locations. They're often only accessible at one time of day in one location. And so that makes it so there's functionally 16 levels, at least that those characters could be hiding in. And so you need there's to try... some levels that are locked at certain parts of the day, unless I, the story changes. So what, hap what happens is that, like, every... Uh, you can only access each enemy at a certain place in a certain time, and you can only play four levels per loop. So you essentially are trying to figure out what triggers you have to do in a loop to make those characters change locations or go to some other thing and be somewhere else that you can essentially get, uh, kill off multiple enemies in the same place at the same time and all, so that you can actually get everyone in one loop. Like That's the premise of the game, more or less. But unlike a Hitman-type scenario or any other kind of like immersive sim-related thing, you don't think in this process and you don't like innovate or improvise or experiment or like create the scenario yourself you just yes, find the right document that explains what you have to do and then you do that one thing and that's how oh, you that's like thing. like as far as i can tell at the end of this game the final run is going to just be do all the things you learned you have to do in one run and this is the one way to do it and that's it it's not like prey moon crash where it's like here's a bunch of weird exits and some of them are differently compatible with other characters and some of them involve like doing a thing in an earlier loop with this character's power that enables the ability to open this thing later and then you can choose which character you want to escape that way now that you've opened it up with the other character like there was like Prey Mooncrash was genuinely this big complicated puzzle box with multiple solutions and endings and so on that you genuinely solved your way through but as far as I can tell this game is literally like there's one way to do the successful loop and you're just like chipping away at the marble block until you see what the answer is and then you're like okay that's how the final run goes that's like as far as i can tell that's basically it and the lead the road up to that is just a lot of hunting down passwords by chasing waypoints over and over and over <laughs> and over again and it's just like you get really it's like when you play like deus ex human revolution or something to use just an example it's not even like an amazing example but like that game has like levels for its missions and you start here and here's the big place full of computers and vents and enemies and stealth and cameras and like your, your goal is to find a path through the level and so you're paying close attention to the level and what's going on in it and so on and you need to find like the correct way through like that's kind of like one of the ideals of how to do this kind of thing and there's been versions of that in like the dishonored games and so on 
but in Deathloop, it's mostly just a big island that's kind of just a big rocky open area with a series of smaller buildings here and there throughout it. I can't believe I'm about to, I think I'm about to compare it to fucking Elden Ring basically, but it's like, it's like, it's not an open world game, but it has that open design to the levels where you just kind of run around. And so as a mm -hmm. result, every time you go to one of these locations just to like backtrack and quickly do a thing, like I just, I, especially after like the third time of being in the same place, I'm just like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. And I just run through the zone. <laughs> like, the enemies don't yeah. exist. Like, I'm not engaging yeah. with this level. I'm just running through the zone like it's a Borderlands area and it's in my way. It's like, this is but not how I want to play, like, a game like Prey or whatever. This makes me sad. Yeah, but the problem is the game actually layers gameplay uh, mechanics on top of the what you're saying, the, the you know, finding finding the, the quest objective or the password and all that. It layers the the experience getting with a, the sucking that I forget the name of with a delete is it with the delete key or the hold enter key yeah um it 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 layers the experience that you get from killing people you get like upgrades you get special weapons that then you can convert into experience there's a bunch of mechanics that reward you for for exploring and and killing people or or it's basically killing people um not to mention the fact that there's like map-wide and like game-wide puzzles that can only be solved if you pay attention to like little details here and there so the game actually actively wants you to explore everything and it does it not in a way that like you explore it everything once and you're done no no no. you explore everything once there's a bunch of locked doors that you don't have the password for the, there's there's like the areas that have pu act actual puzzles that ask you questions there's like this one box that asks you questions that you basically need to read newspaper clips all around the map to know the answers and like that, those are cool ideas, but they work really well in a linear game. In a game that yes. you're forced to repeat to re repeat the same levels over and over again, what ends up happening is that you're either going to have a terrible time by playing the killing the same enemy, the same dumb enemies over and over again, and just yeah. you're going to have a boring time, or you're going to do as Keith d does, which is just skip everything. Which He's honestly, I in. think that is the best thing to do. I look at the I, world I didn't say before, and I, and I in like linear, not 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 doesn't have to be fully linear, but it comes to like the Elden Ring versus Dark Souls level design discussion that we keep having, yeah. which yeah. is just like like the level can have multiple paths or some other shit, but it's just like having a denser area with more walls and more restrictions leads to like a focused area that goes places and you can also like mentally keep track of like where you're going and where you haven't been like when you go mm -hmm. through a big when you're going through like a like a resident evil location you start developing a, developing a mental map and checklist of all of the different places that are locked and not locked and where you can go and so on but in an open field with like some cliffs and some beaches and shit like it's so nebulous and vague as a space that like i don't have the same like completionist like tracking of what the environment is like and where i haven't ha and haven't been because it's so like vast and like you can't like track that it has a series of rooms that are like compartmentalized and understandable so when the game hits me with like this idea that there's a bunch of weird like gifts that are around a map and they're all going to explode on a timer unless i find them all and so that so you have to keep playing this level over and over again and just explore until you can figure out where all of them are and i'm like i'm never doing that <laughs> i'm never doing yeah. that this so, objective so this seems stupid like why would yeah. i'm just gonna blindly fall across uh, come across these random gifts across the map at random because i'm just combing every single piece of the beach for hours <laughs> i'm like no 
then there's no way the reward's it. worth it because like no it is. I can yeah. literally just like I can just I could just play with the starting gun and beat the whole game pretty easily. Like mm-hmm. there aren't actually upgrades that are especially important to being able they to navigate cool. how the game works. It, like the number one thing is I just want the ability to blink like in Dishonored. Once I get that ability, yeah. I basically don't need anything Everything, else in the game. That's very in fact, true. the starting gun is so good at headshotting that you don't even need other guns. <laughs> that's very I, true. Uh, I, I mean, can, I, I can cool. snipe people. It's absurd. <laughs> the upgrades are cool. I I know that because I did the boring thing. But the oh, problem boy. with the boring, there's another issue with the boring thing is that because the interface is so obtuse and, and horrible, oh, it what ends up happening... Sucks. <laughs> what, what ends up happening is that you're just... Uh, you're just like because there's three tiers of upgrades. And you have to you like have sit like, there and like triple check how the entire interface works because it's so cluttered mm-hmm. with confusing stuff and repeating iconography, yeah. and also doesn't sort. Nope. So you can have like four no, well, of the same upgrades at the same level. Function. It should just be sorted. Yeah. <laughs> you look there's at your list of upgrades that you've picked up, and it'd be like you eventually realize you have four of the same thing that are at the same level because the game's so cluttered yeah. with repetitive shit because it has the control the thing- system. The fucking loot the from control, the, the worst loot ever. That's the the problem with the the sorting though is that it, what ends up happening after two or three runs is that you realize oh th- this is a game about collecting every third tier of every single upgrade so that I can have them. It's not even about using them. It's just because you already chose the leap one that you got and it's, you're fine with it. It's yeah, just, you immediately I, pick I your favorite guns, your favorite upgrades for those guns, and your and favorite powers. And then you spend the infusion points to keep them forever, and then the game keeps hitting you with more loot forever. And it want and like, if you're a weirdo that just likes to complete stuff for no reason, even though it has no tangible purpose, then like yeah, hey, you can go through you and you can me? you can collect all eight slab powers and then farm the people that you defeat to get the slab powers until you have all four upgrades because every time you get the same slab power again you get an upgrade for that slab power which you then have to also separately pay to keep every time and like it doesn't you, ma- you make just play difference. you could just play this game for dozens of hours pointlessly layering on more stuff that you don't need because the game is just mm-hmm. very doable already and you probably picked your favorite stuff first and like at the beginning of the game <laughs> i don't I get it say, i don't understand I this game at the time when you said that you should you should skip you know go to the objectives at the in the tutorial area and skip everything that at the beginning of the game when you're going through the tutorial and the game is telling you explore and you're no and go directly to the objective that is the best the game get has that's the best part of the game is the beginning and because it's the most linear for one it has the most it's like fresh when you're finding out about these characters and you're seeing how they interact with each other and you're seeing this wacky world for the first time like there's a lot of cool stuff in that game there's a lot of little details and little like seriously the writing is really it's good it's there's a lot of cool stuff but it's hidden behind this layer of repetitive boring nonsense and the the fighting that doesn't need to be there to begin with and sometimes it's it actually detracts from enjoying the story like there's this one character where if you're not really, really sneaky, you cannot listen to what he's saying. And he's like, he's hilarious and saying all these weird things. But if you're not sneaky, people are going to shoot you while that character is talking. So it's, it, yeah, it's, it's infuriating. Yeah. But the, is it, is it the invisibility the guy? Game, the invisibility guy? No, I was thinking about the computer, the brain computer. Oh, yeah, I didn't hear anything he ever said. 
because yeah, uh, the entire island was shooting at the same time and fighting and yes. so on. And like yes. you can be in the middle of reading lore and it's like Juliana has invaded you and now a human player oh. is trying to kill you while you're trying to read a computer dialogue for your fucking let's play and you're like, cool, I love I this stressor. I forgot yep, about the, the game has the game has always online random invasions where another player just tries to come into your game and murder you, and the game can never be paused as a result of that one mechanic. And so, and that's such a weird thing to do in in a game in a franchise like a, not a franchise but like a subgenre and like a, in, in like this developer style and so on, where they so much of the game is reading emails and documents and looking at environmental stuff and like. Oh, I, I found a crumpled up piece of paper and it's got his password on it, and like, all, and re listening to audio logs. But a fucking human player could just come in and murder you in the middle of all that, and it's, and it's even yep. Dark Souls invasion rules where all the enemies are on their team. <laughs> it's such yep. a dick move. It's so strange. So many people turn it off immediately. I'm sure, but I'm like, let's see what the game's supposed to be played like. The intended experience, and it's My so experience. weird because sometimes Juliana is brain dead and useless. Yeah. And hilariously inept at the game, like I'm like they're me, and other times they're unkillable, and I don't know what went wrong. And plenty of times they just never materialize, and I don't know where they are. <laughs> like, oh, just I've no idea. As well. I've had a number of times where just there's, I have no idea where Juliana is, and I'll, I don't think she's coming. <laughs> I don't know yeah, if she's AFK. Well. I don't know if she doesn't know how to find me or something. At one point, I was in I was in the radio host's building, and I had completely, I had hacked every single device in the entire building to be on my team. So when Juliana invaded, I was like, "Come and get it! <laughs> I'm just gonna casually continue reading all these notes, and I can't wait for you to arrive and see the nightmare that this is." Because I'm gonna fucking run from room to room when we're fighting, and every single room has more guns that are on my team. <laughs> but she never <laughs> arrived. I was just sad. Yeah, like, it I, uh, me. I was super confused. It was yeah. like, wait, where is she sneaking? Or he's uh, like, I like, because I'm pretty sure that some invasions are just the computer. And it, it so it might sometimes it might be Juliana. Other, and that those feel interesting or would feel interesting if Juliana actually had a decent AI, but she just stands in front of you and you shotgun her to death. But um, other times, just the players and the players have perks. They have special weapons. They have abilities that make certain enemies that tell on you. Actually, the enemies just tell on you. Um, but it's just, it can be fun, but the skill level is so wildly different based on, not on your shooting capabilities, but your, on your map knowledge and your abilities that you have. So you can just having your swell time and being a super good shooter, player comes in with all the abilities, you're toast. That's it. Yeah. It feels terrible. It's also like deeply stressful when you're like, all right, here we go. I'm going to stealth through this level. <laughs> and then Juliana invades. You're like, well, <laughs> She can literally mm -hmm. just sweep through this area at normal speed without having to worry about any of the traps or enemies because they're on her team and then just find me in the middle of this mess and then I'll be and I can be just knee deep in this facility and then she's shooting at me and then now the entire facility just like wakes up and now I'm being attacked by like 40 enemies at the same time and an, and a human that did all this to me and I'm like I don't feel good about this problem <laughs> this is not a good nope. time uh oh also guess what uh i was uh expecting a famously so i went into this with a narrative of having heard the discourse a bit about people yelling about the game having dumb ai that's dumb and bad and so unresponsive or whatever the hell uh and 
I specifically heard people defend... I don't remember if it was the developer of the game or if it was the guy working on uh, Duskwood or du- Gloomwood or someone. Mm. But some, but I, I specifically saw someone defending on Twitter the idea like, well, of course the AI is dumb. You would never want to play a game in this genre where the AI is smart because then it's like unplayable to actually have all these people behaving like intelligently and so on. This this like swarm of enemies and whatnot. Uh, they buffed the cool. AI. Oh. oh, they did. I am playing a different game than everybody who reviewed the game and so on and so forth. And I don't like it. <laughs> I want the oh. dumb AI patch back, please. <laughs> because they are so perceptive and so aggressive and it feels genuinely both game and genre breaking like it's exhausting like the meter fills up almost immediately and like people almost instantly enter into like a yellow state and then you hear the and then like 40 Mm -hmm. fucking yellow state icons are above all the different npcs in the entire zone all of a sudden and they're all coming for you and like they just fucking they go like it's like too realistic like everyone in the entire facility because one guy one guy has a like you literally just like hop between two boxes real quick while crouching like in a stealth game in the way that normally works in stealth games and somebody's instantly like is that colt and they're immediately in yellow state and immediately everybody around them across the entire level also is simultaneously like oh my god colt's here we killed you though colt's here how could colt be here you hear so many fucking voice lines as the entire hive is awoken and then everybody mm-hmm. is patrolling and searching and they fucking they go like a, the a death trap is that courtyard at the wolf party and like it's so hard to get in the front gate and get anywhere in the facility without being detected. And you have to, in order to complete the objective, you at one point you have to infiltrate that place without getting caught at all. But it's such an open sight line simultaneously from every direction. And if one person catches even a whiff of you, then simultaneously everyone is, is all erupted and all searching. And so you have an entire base full of yellow state caution people that are all like really actively fanning out and combing through the area and so on. And like, there's no Metal Gear Solid, like, timer caution thing to use. So, like, I physically leave back through the front gate, go leave, go somewhere else, hang out with my turrets in some hallway somewhere, and just wait for them to calm down. Come, I talk to my audience for, like, a couple minutes. And, like, I come back. Nothing has changed. They're all still yellow state. They're all still searching forever. And I'm like, what the actual fuck? How do you play? Like, I have played so many stealth games that there's just like, like, I've never been good at them, but I know like the rhythm they have and like the reasonableness of like how the AI should generally work in these games to not be like a dick, basically. But no, it's like they just seem to search almost forever, essentially. And like the moment a single one of them gets a red icon they're going to fire their gun, and then immediately it's like Alexis will be on the intercom talking about, ah, meat's on the menu, boys, and then fucking objective failed, and then my waypoint is now to go back to the exit and loop all the way back around, and I have to skip all the way to nighttime of the same location. Like, it's once per loop, this opportunity, and I have to loop all the way back around, and I'm like, I've done, I have seriously failed the same objective like five times, and you can only try it once per loop, and it's like, I just, I don't, 
I feel like I don't know how to play stealth games, like fundamentally, because like I cannot get into this place. It won't let me in. And I like I've got at this point I'm like I gotta go like do a whole loop where I just farm the invisibility power to get anything done. I think because without being able to turn literally invisible, stealth feels borderline impossible with the new patch. Like yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I've played stealth games before. I swear, <laughs> I, <laughs> almost always at some point in a dishonored mission or whatever, like things go loud because I fuck up. But like I can like you know infiltrate for like a while and not have it all be going to shit and have some idea of like oh yeah this is what a stealth game plays like and like that is just not happening in this game at all i can't uh i get it they get and, and bizarrely they're like here's the nail gun i can use this for silent takedowns wink wink i'm gonna basically just say oh, this to the it, camera though. yeah the fucking silenced takedown gun doesn't do silence takedowns and then like, you're like okay well I, I can do stealth takedowns. Do is that how I take people out? No, that alerts everybody too. Like okay, so maybe they mean I need to use the machete specifically. Like don't do a, a melee silent. Uh, ma don't do a melee press F takedown, but do a, a machete press F takedown. It's like that seems slightly more effective, but still wildly inconsistent. So if I if mm -hmm. I find that if I try to infiltrate any place, if I try to take out like three people, that's usually like the fuck you sweet spot where like my my luck runs out and and i get spotted trying to take somebody down but like you can't see where all the enemies are you don't have a clear idea of what they do and don't detect and one mistake alerts the entire base seemingly indefinitely uh and it's just this huge mess immediately in a way that like this is mm -hmm. not this is not metal gear solid 5 this is not Dishonored. This is not like any of the other like games I've played in this genre where I had a feel for how things were supposed to work. It feels just undoable. And these bases are dense with enemies. Like there are like 50 enemies per building. Like it is an insane number of dudes. And you know, because the moment you go loud, all of them know exactly where you are and they're all running straight at you, which comically leads to situations where I just stand in their doorway and I headshot everybody until everyone in the entire facility yes. is dead. So, like, the game is yes. hilariously easy to just go loud in, but then it gives you objectives where you do need to stay stealthed, and that really makes you just really have to deal with how hard <laughs> it is to actually stealth in this game, and it's like... Yeah. Like, it's it's taking me back to Alpha Protocol, oh. where, like, if you don't know to go into Alpha Protocol with the very specific stealth set that makes you completely silent the largely invisible noise system of that game makes stealth literally impossible because in alpha protocol like it is a trip to try to stealth in that game when you don't have the equipment to do so yet at the beginning of the game because like you crouch and you're like okay i i have seen, i've played games like this i have an idea of how this game's supposed to play but you take like one step and then now, without even telling you, anonymously across the entire level, somebody's running at you that you don't even know is running at you because the game hasn't even like there hasn't even been like a what was that or like any kind of like alarm system or like an exclamation point thing like for Metal Gear Solid or any of the many systems that games have used to indicate that someone has detected you or like the infamous like arrow over somebody's head that's a white meter that fills up as they're as they're beginning to detect you and then when when it fills up that's when they detect you like none of those signifiers just 
silently somebody is randomly now running at you across the map and they will shoot you when they get to you and then like also they'll like pick they'll chain aggro like anybody else they come across and like they did it like through a wall around a corner in a concrete bunker but you were within the noise radius and they instantly know what a single jingle jangle sound means and it's an invading spy in that exact parking lot i have superhuman hearing and they just come sprinting at you like regularly <laughs> uh regularly deathloop does that now like that is broken it's insane like i was at the fucking i was in the cultist like hangar and I was literally oh, yeah. like, I, was, I had snuck into her room and I was just reading her emails, standing completely still. And periodically, people would almost catch me through the walls while I'm not moving and they can't see mm. me. And I'm not, like, they would just be like, whoa, what's that? Is Colt there? I can hear him like, reading. Yeah. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening in this game? I'm not playing on hard or anything. Like, this game it, feels it, genuinely broken. <laughs> Those computers use CRT monitors. Do you know that CRT monitors sound different based on what they're showing? They can tell. <laughs> they can tell. They can hear through the walls. Like they can hear the the screen. Being like, <laughs> wait, that's too much white screen. He's reading emails. It's not the time emails. where she reads emails. This must be cold. So much. The, ri- the writing <laughs> yeah, is kind cool. of fun though. Like I don't, I don't hate the writing. Like I, I, I appreciate. I, I love it. that everyone on the entire island hates Alexis so much (laughs) and every conversation is just people being in fear just infuriated that they have to interact with this guy over and over again like that's so much of the emails it's just very stupid it's such a shame that the that level of writing is buried it's buried buried. in the freaking in the it's difficult to get to messy non-linear hard to follow narrative and it's like and and like this like a lot of it's hidden on little crumpled notes that are hard to find and you're incentivized not to actively track down or read because of the game always being in real time and you can always be hunted and people are endlessly Mm -hmm. almost detecting you and so on and just like a weird like so many contrary design choices but i but like what i the biggest thing that bothers me is that i can't help but compare this game to bioshock in some ways, it has almost all the same systems as Bioshock with, like, the uh, the I mean, powers a, and the stealth systems yeah. and the splicers versus boss fight people and so on. Uh, but it's spe- And also, yeah, everyone's got a mask and they're crazy. Uh, it's, like, it's a lot like Bioshock in those ways. But, like, mm-hmm. every level of Bioshock had the dude. And so you would walk into a level and there was the guy that is that level, that, that level's boss... And the all of the audio logs are all about that dude or people around that dude, and they're building up the character carefully with pacing and texture and so on. And you get little hints and interactions with them, and you and you probably get FaceTime via the 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 tried and true immersive sim and or dead space system of there's an impenetrable glass window and something happens behind it, <laughs> and so it's mm-hmm. a way of showing something to a first person player, and. Uh, and letting them see it without then letting them interact or kill the guy or someone. It's like an it's a it's a very it's a very goofy trope when you pay attention to it, but it's also like how you show things happening. There's nothing more dangerous than being in dead space and you're an NPC that's on the other side of a piece of glass from Isaac. <laughs> like, oh no, he's gonna die. And then like I would call it out mid-playthrough. But like when you're dealing with like Sandra Cohen or any of other people in Bioshock, like you you build up one character carefully and you get an idea of what they look like and what their whole shtick is and what their obsession is and 
how people react to that character and how they affected people via the audio logs and so on. But like this game just simultaneously dumps you on eight characters that you experience non-linearly through a big crazy complex. And so like one, the personalities have to be as loud as possible so you can even tell which ones are which. But it's also just like you kind of don't get a super coherent version of a view of each idea of each character because there is no like carefully scripted and cult and cultivated like intro to each one and you never get FaceTime with any of them. Like you never interact well, with these characters. Yeah. Like you never get you never like talk to these characters or get to see them interact that much with a lot of other characters in, in a lot of examples. You kind of just storm into a place where you kill them. Uh, so it's like mm-hmm. you, you have the, the gunfight itself for the most part, but not a lot of like chance to like see them doing stuff. And I wonder if this is just like, and I wonder if part of this is the stealth mess. Like when I got to the radio guy, he was in like a, a he was like in a recording booth, with like two other characters. Oh, yeah, and I'm he like, talks if you don't aggro him. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, am I supposed to have like dialogue here? Like, I feel like the new stealth system is making me miss the game and like how they want to present any of these characters because it's so hard to get into any building without the the building going loud. And so like it's just very difficult to actually meet any of these characters in the way where they get to like introduce themselves. And so like like run after run the, these like these super dense levels just instantly aggro and then I'm like I guess I'll just kill everybody now. And then I kill everybody and then one of the random people I killed has a pop-up like I was the important character because you can literally not notice that they're in the group of enemies you're fighting because yeah they're just they're a people. dude basically. <laughs> yeah. Like they all have powers but you never you almost never see them do anything power related unless they're like a guy that teleports for example. Uh but they sometimes they shine a lot and you're like yeah, oh look but at also that some shine. but some random enemies that? also shine a lot because they just have like more stuff apparently they're like shiny they have they have they have loot i guess so dumb it's it's uh, it works yeah. against the game there's way too much loot in this game uh I, it, but like I, that is the, that is the number one cause of my deaths after water <laughs> water kills you instantly in this game and oh, the next thing that, the thing, next yeah. thing that consistently kills me is i'll be shooting a pack of enemies and i just I have a rhythm for how death works in this game and what it takes to kill somebody. So I, I have like controlled bursts and everything. And if I if there is randomly an enemy uh, boss fight in the middle of the group, then they're harder to kill. So they sometimes kill me entirely via the surprise of the fact that they didn't just die the way that everybody else dies. And that's how they get me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's um, I think it would be totally solved. Uh, death loop would be solved if it was just the case of in between runs you have a cutscene. It doesn't have to be all in between any run, or I want to say even between runs. I mean e- between levels, you have a little cutscene where Scott or what's his name, the uh, cult, Bolt? cult, uh, yeah, uh, and uh, Jessica. What's her name? The two main characters. I forget. It's a, you said it. It's a cult and Juliana. Juliana, that's the one. When they're they interact, there's like maybe there's a a call they could have a call like they have those at some t- well a lot of the time especially at the beginning of the game they have like a, a a cute little call at the beginning of the level and they interact and you get to see the story but those should be cutscenes where the, they also add the motivation behind going to this next level and Colt should be the one to decide okay now I'm going to this level because of this 
and it should remove all the option for, for, for the player to choose. Now I'm going to do this boss. Now I'm going to do that boss. There's no need for that. I don't need loot. Do, do away that. It's bad. It, and I think the, the root is because the game has loot that, that it, it really wouldn't work otherwise. So if it were linear, if, the, if you had cutscenes in between where Colt decides where to go next, and you just, now you fight this person in the hangar. Now the Colt realizes, or you, like, I mean, it's always called realizing things because it's just complete a quest objective. It's not like the player has to realize anything. You just do the quest objective. That's it. So Colt realizing, oh, this person that I killed before is this person or I need to save them or they have this password or whatever. Um, that could be all done in cutscenes and just make the game linear. You tell the story because the game is linear. It's just a bunch of kerfuffle in the middle where you just lose track of all of your linear plots anyway. So, like, it's not it's not linear in the sense that, or rather, it is it is it's not linear in the sense that you are forced to play it in the same way every time. But the plot lines are all linear. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, linear to the point where like they're still teaching you how to discover an enemy when you've already killed them, <laughs> because you haven't done the discovery yeah. phases and you have to do these specific events in the specific order before it'll let you continue. Mm-hmm. It'd be very odd. I forgot to explain that, like, the reason why I was talking about having to go farm the invisibility power is because, like, the interface gets very repetitive and clunky, and you get tired of dealing with it, but you're like, okay, let's deal with that, let's deal with that. And, like, especially when you're doing a Let's Play, you're just like, all right, fucking, uh, what should I spend my residuum on? And you try to, you try to like, yeah. just get through the process of the repetitive loot I'm cycle sure. so you can get back to the game. I'm uh, sure it's not going to surprise you to hear that I cut it all out of my let's yeah. play all the Yeah, it's cuz it's so filler. It's so pointless. <laughs> yeah. There's no there's not even like depth to it cuz there's not that much to the terrible. items in general. Yeah. So it's just it's it's incredibly yeah. t- like wasteful just to like give people mm-hmm. the buzz of like look at all this loot you got and it's like I don't I don't care control control loot is bad <laughs> control I'll never get, I'll never I'll always be after fucking control for having like just an insane clutter of loot that are all like this one's two percent this one's three percent this one's two percent this one's two percent this one's four percent this one's two percent like just endless repetition of like all the same skill but slightly different percentages and you have to go like go through it like it's spam mail uh that's what it feels like it feels like you're it feels like when i'm parsing my my junk folder to tell which ones are incorrectly flagged which ones are correctly flagged as stuff i should keep or throw away like I sorting through your spam mail is now being simulated via loot in video games. It's like it's completely unnecessary and it doesn't change almost none of it changes the moment to moment gameplay. So it's just uh if anything, it's like either it's borderline mandatory or it's useless. And it's like this back and forth. So it's like you're either doing a task because you have to, or you're clearing a mess just to get out of the way. But the uh what happened is I just I, I guess I just went too fast or something or I forgot or I thought I already did it or something because you feel like you've already done everything because like yeah. you're like uh, do I already have a shoot fire from the hip level three upgrade memorized or or, or infused forever or, or should I infuse this one like that kind of stuff like you get, it's so repetitive you can't remember even if you already have one or not so like at the end of a loop I just forgot to infuse my invisibility sl- uh, slab. And so I just lost invisibility, which means I now have to go fight the same boss again to get the ability again. And that's not even accounting for the fact that, like, you can upgrade every ability four times. So that means 
it's not just that you have to kill every boss five times to finish uh, unlocking and then upgrading the power, but you have to you have to also have the resources for and remember to spend them on it to keep each upgrade each time. Otherwise, you're in my boat. You're like, I gotta kill that boss again to get that ability. I gotta do a whole loop just for killing that boss. Damn it. Uh, yep. And it's like that's the. I'm in an awkward position where I'm trying. I was. I. I I'd spent some time trying to get into that base without invisibility because I specifically lost the invisibility power and don't really want to farm it again, but that's probably where that's going. Womp womp. Yep. This game That was this wow, very game. much uh, very oh, sorry, interesting yeah. to hear about. As someone who's never played this game, I am super compelled to even, like, look at it. <laughs> just, yeah. Just, I, I don't even want to be on the same planet as this game based on how bad these descriptions are. So my advice was right. Don't play it when it's free. <laughs> I mean, I will play it when it's free just because it, it obviously is going to be a nightmare to play. It, like, that's the, <laughs> that's the compelling purpose is that it's like, wow, a game is so gonna... abysmally shit. I like might as well give it a try, right? That's like my whole gimmick. I think um, you're just going to give up halfway through the game. I don't you think it's like, that okay, abysmal. It's just full of modern this bullshit. Sounds like fucking garbage dude the fact that you can sit there reading paper and someone could be hunting you down fuck off i have no interest in a game that can't even take itself like with a modicum of of respect enough to just make the game pause when you're reading things it's so fucking annoying having to already engage in a novel in a game in which i'm trying to interact with this it's only more obnoxious that I have to also be conscious of the world around me as I'm reading this shitty novel inside of a game I'm playing. Don't do that. Just stop the game. It's fine. You can just pause the game, let me read this garbage lore that's not interesting, and then resume the game. I don't I'm not gonna get this like amazing breath of like, oh my god, I can't believe how like genuine this feels that like a guy. 40 feet away from me sipping coffee watching youtube videos heard that i clicked my mouse and opened a file and now he's gunning for me like no fuck off i don't want that no one wants that that's that's that sounds awful like how i don't like that at all yeah like imagine in hitman if you poured like poured something into a drink and like 30 feet away there was a guy like your target hears a drink get poured and he goes like, I'll never drink a drink again. And you're like, what the fuck? What's the whole point then? Why would I ever interact with this? If it can just make me die? <laughs> like, why would I do this? This is, this is not incentivizing. Like it would make more sense then to just, how about I just shoot everybody? Why don't I just kill literally every person in the entire fucking world? And the then be done do with that. it. Yeah. The game wants you to do yeah, that. Like, and it rewards Why don't I you to just... do that as well. Like you can complete the object. Well, I don't know. Keith said that there's some stealth specific objectives. Yeah. Do you have to oh, do the I objectives to win the game? I don't know. Yeah, some I got of them one at least. Where... Yeah, I I got a nasty surprise in one of the levels, and I'm not gonna spoil it. I don't know if uh, the game will let you actually cause... like clear out everybody in one run without having finished the narrative up to that point or something. Because I yeah. I. Again, I would just, this sounds like a game I'll just take my my tried and true method approach for, and that, like, 
I just am an invincible god, and everyone get out of the way. I'm coming for the ending. Like, they have it nukes, just doesn't. Though. They have nukes. <laughs> is that gonna bother me? <laughs> I, I get to live in like is I, I get to live in like Groundhog Day. Nothing they can do matters. All I just need to know is where the person with the nuke is, and I kill them first. Like it's just that's the thing. Yeah, it like, requires this, stealth, doesn't it? This game is this game's kind of Andrew proof in certain ways. Yeah, it is a little. Yeah, you can't just go. Uh, you'd you, be surprised. You can't just what, what go through and kill everybody in one run without solving everything and learning everything and finishing the story. Because of the fact that you can only go, you can only play four levels uh, per run. And everything like the, resets after the fourth. Yeah, level. so every time you do a level, the first one's in the morning, then it's noon, then it's afternoon, and then it's evening, and then the loop resets. And and, and these enemies are not in the same places at the same time. So that's the yeah. the plot of the game is trying to solve how to get enough of them in the same places at the same time that you can. Uh, do one loop where you kill everyone essentially and so that requires doing things in certain locations earlier in the loop that cause people to be in other places later in the loop and so on oh. so, you, so you can't just gun through it also yes one oh, of them yeah. is in a nuclear facility that they rig to explode the moment they hear you coming so you have to you have to get them you have to either defeat them you have to defeat that character without them uh, hearing you coming at all or you have to scramble to solve uh, how to defuse the thing before it explodes on a timer never mind I have no interest in like worst, doing build up stuff mission. like that I'm not I'm not doing stupid yeah. shit where I have to like tickle someone's toes and then come back two hours later and they're in the bathroom now like I'm not doing very much like that I <laughs> Hitman is like I I it like the new Hitman really pushed my patience with a lot of shit where it was like, hey, did you know that there's a clown 15 feet in the air and he's taking a pee and if he pees exactly left of this specific person, if you put them in the right position, it actually makes that person have a hemorrhage that then collides into a nuclear bomb that wipes out 30% of the room and saves this one person that you need so that next time when you do a run, that one person will drop a key somewhere. And I'm like, I don't fucking care where's the person i have to i don't fucking care and i just end up not doing it i just run through and i kill a guy and then just run out of the building and the game's like you did it <laughs> like, all right that's all i needed thanks like i don't i have no i don't get the sense of validation or like uh, a good feel like haha i did it feeling of doing these overtly complicated tasks to achieve like a very annoying goal i could just simply achieve by shooting someone in the face like i'm not going to work yeah, harder stuff's not i'm going to you. work smarter yeah yeah no was, like that's that's what i'm saying is like that the, the fact that i cannot kill everybody in a single run without having to do like weird setups sounds not not fun it sounds like literally an anti i'm amused game, by the fact that I that phrase not... means the opposite of how you're using it <laughs> what anti-fun no work harder not smarter <laughs> or work smarter not harder the uh Oh, the yeah. premise of that is that the really obscure, weird thing that takes relatively little effort and and solves the problem for you is the work smarter, and the work harder is the one where you have to sit there and fucking shoot every single enemy because they're all coming after you now and so on. But you're yeah. like, but you're like, no, that's the smart one. Fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's out. Well, it is pretty hard. It like, is pretty hard to so, to figure out the smart thing. So I suppose in a way, smart is hard. <laughs> uh, I I had this I already had this problem beating uh like I recently just went and beat the Outer Worlds murder on Eridanos or whatever. Mm. Um and 
nothing was worse than like starting the game. I went to the I went to like the crime scene or whatever. I looked and then I went up and like talked to the guy who hired me and I went, oh, I know the ending of this game. And then I just had to sit there and be like, shit, how do I? No way. Yeah. No. Yeah. I knew. I knew it immediately. The moment I talked to the talked to the guy, I was like, oh, I know who did the crime. Wait, how do I kill him? And then I realized, like, I had no way of getting to the. the you have to, like, the, play yeah, along murder. with the thing yeah, yeah. for, yeah, you like, have a to dozen play hours. Along. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, I was oh like, God, God fucking damn it. I was like, I hate this. And so I, like, bit my lip and just silently walked around, pretended like, I was like, I'll play Detective Conan, I guess. I'm like, oh, where were you on the night of the 13th? And, like, just sitting here pretending the whole time, not killing a single person that was important, and then waiting. And it's like, okay, who do you think did it? Oh, oh, okay, cool. This list is just, man, who could have <laughs> been it? I, uh, I can't, I can't figure it out. Like, I literally, it was so frustrating, but it was one of those like, and you have to just do so much stupid shit. You have to go through and I like, I got this close to writing an essay every... just about this DLC. Basically, it's so bad. I was so mad, like. The first, the first question after was like, oh, I know who killed this person. I was like, but why? And then I went to this one spot and I was like, oh, I know exactly why now. And then the rest of the game was like, oh, let me tease you about what's possibly going on with the facility here. Like, yeah, yeah, I get, the, I get the whole, it's right. It's just, it's in the fucking load screen. You have it in there. <laughs> like you spoiled it in the loading screen. They're like, uh. Yeah, but it's a it's a it's a worm. Yeah, the thing in the loading screen. I'm, am I stupid? Like, it's very uh, strange that it's that that deals. <laughs> so like, bruh, it's just the few episode of Futurama where they find out how slurm is made. Fuck off! I'm just, done with this. I have no I mean, yes. interest in fucking. Yes, it is. It is the like, slurm DLC. But the uh, I it's hate just. It. I, it bothered me so much that I thought the game was broken or something was wrong or they must have must have not been working right or something. Surely they couldn't have designed it this way because, yeah, like <laughs> not only do you almost immediately know what's going wrong with this facility, but it's like an active war zone situation that's really apparent. And like only a couple hours into the DLC, like like mind controlled brain worn zombie people start attacking uh the main square of the dlc like actively and openly over and over again like it is just an incredibly actively apparent super obvious problem but the game does not acknowledge that that's happening for like 10 hours <laughs> like you yeah. get it's it's and then suddenly at the end of the dlc there's narratively like an outbreak bad times thing happening and it's like but this has been happening the whole time, right yeah, there, yeah. next to everybody. Yeah. All the like, what? Who made this DLC? What the fuck? It's so bizarre. My, my favorite. It's like getting to chat like day eleven of Pathologic, and then somebody is like, "Yo, there's is an outbreak. <laughs> there's like a virus <laughs> outbreak or something in in this game." You guys notice this? It's like, yeah, it was the whole game. What? <laughs> so I got I got the kind of the opposite experience of Andrew. I did not understand who the culprit was, but mm. but my problem wasn't that I didn't understand who it was, is that I didn't care. So I was like, okay, let's oh. see where this goes. I was just 
trying to, you know, playing a role playing game to both to see where it goes as well as to see what I can do. The game never really gave me too much of a choice. There's some choices that you make, like, but I thought I think ultimately it just changes like midway the mid the mid of some missions rather than actual anything of consequence at the end. And for me, the biggest reveal at the end wasn't necessarily who did it. It was just the the sort of uh, cliche. Uh, so spoilers for murder in Eridanos. Uh, the the that the uh, the there's a twin sister. And for me, it was like the big reveal. That's the thing I took away from the murder of Aaron da- Aerodynamics mm, DLCs. There was a twin. Extremely system. goofy. <laughs> yeah, it's that so was goofy. that was like the only twist where I was like, oh, oh, that okay, that's yeah. cool, I guess. And Weird. then, but it, it still didn't change anything because, like, the whole it point is no, like you have yeah. to solve the mystery. And I was like, well, I already know the answer. I don't care no, if there's no. like a twist. Like, what's you, the twist gonna do? <laughs> if you, and, until you just now mentioned the the outbreak and the and like the guy and why they was, I was thinking back. Oh, that's right. The game, the DLC ended with this big worm eating the scientist. And, like that's <laughs> supposed to be the big climax, and I completely forgot about it because it doesn't matter. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. Mine, mine broke. Uh, so the worm eats Yours a scientist, broke. and then, and then the worm broke and couldn't move. Oh yeah, so I just as well. I shot it. I just sat there and I was like, "Man, this is, this is so same quality. Thing. I cannot believe you guys made fucking like Fallout New okay Vegas. That, I don't know how you did that. Must have been like an accident. Like someone must have spilled coffee on the computer or something. Like how did okay. this? I was like, what? I don't know. I'm okay just, with broken bosses. I wish all bosses were broken so I could shoot them. My my entire <laughs> I, I was so mad. I was so mad because I found I wish like, all I, bosses I, were I killed the boss. I killed the boss and then I walked to my left and I was like, oh, there's a control panel here. What does this do? And it just like apparently if the boss wasn't broken, you can do a, a mechanic where you can like gas the boss and make it upset and do things it's like I got or no, you you I, shoot fire yeah. on it. And I was like, I didn't even know this existed. I didn't even know the boss moved because it didn't move. It just stood there the whole time. I didn't even know it was supposed to move. I was yep. like, oh my god. Deus Ex and, Human Revolution has the same issue with the bosses. Like you shoot the boss and do the boss after multiple tries and then, oh, there's a bunch of computers all over the place that allows it to fight the boss a little easier. Yeah, and I, I think Weren't my, those the all the things that they patched part... into Deus Ex because they are trying to make them less combat-oriented oh. boss fights? Oh, that might be. You're Maybe. right. Because they they made they added a bunch of non lethal solutions to that game, and I think that's what those were were like attempts to get rid of the the basic thing that everyone hated about that game. I mm. killed all my bosses with tranquilizer darts and uh, tasers, and supposed to be non lethal. They died a lot. <laughs> they died a lot. I they do almost I, they do yeah, almost I, exclusively die like narratively like a second later whether you wanted them to do or not. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the only catharsis I had was that the game doesn't, uh, because it's like, you know, Outer Worlds is an RPG, and this DLC is supposed to take place, like, again, in between the game. Like, it's supposed to be somewhere. So, one, it's supposed to be a DLC that takes place somewhere in between, like, uh, w- like before the ending of the game, uh, but not, but, like, closer to the ending, because the level that it requires you to be at is isn't, like, really low it's super but it's high, kind of i thought yeah it's not it's i, I didn't well i think hmm. no it's not that it's not it's not that high because i was way too high for it uh so i couldn't it couldn't have been that high um because i like literally i had no trouble anytime something was like 
well, I don't know. I had enough like speech. I had enough science. I had enough medical. I had enough engineering. I just breezed through that whole DLC. Like every combat was a hilarious, like, oh, hello, child. And then just like punched it once and it died. Like it just, nothing was a threat. Um, so I think, but I, but I'm also, I went that entire game killing everything. So technically my level is like a slightly skewed because of that. I am sl- clearly just a chaos machine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like the only nice thing is because the game works like that. It's a DLC that assumes that you still have more of the game to play. It doesn't, when it's done, it doesn't just like cut scene away and, cre- and roll credits. It just, it just ends. It's just like, it just a, okay, well, yeah, thanks, Captain. See mm-hmm. you later. Go and find something so else to nice. do now. You got a new companion as yeah. well. Yeah. I didn't know because I don't accept no, companions. No, because you killed her most likely. Um, <laughs> Uh, so what I did was after the game was done and it was like, goodbye, Captain. Then I was like, now I'm free. And so then I went and killed every single person that was on the island uh, that made <laughs> me sit there and talk to them about such stupidly mundane shit. I especially killed the guy that owned sublight uh, part of the sublight facility because fuck that guy. I was so tired of his like cocky he attitude was. about like, I think you're going to solve this inspector. You're doing very good. I was like, okay, all right, sure, buddy. And then I killed the lady because obviously she was really annoying and like tried to make me feel bad. Uh, she like tried to make me feel guilty about uh, something I did. I don't remember what it was I did. I think like I, I guess she didn't succeed. Yeah. No, she didn't succeed, but like she did something to make she was like trying to make me feel guilty about a decision I made and I was like I I don't know if anybody's told you about how this playthrough's been, but like guilt is the number one source of people dying in this world. So like got to take you out now. Um so I just like killed her, I killed that guy and then I went and killed all the people I had it uh talk to about the crime like had an interview and stuff because all of them were really bad characters and i didn't want to talk to them any more than i had to you didn't like the interview uh, uh wizard no person? like everyone was boring everyone oh, was so obviously not a bad guy and it was so obnoxious it yeah, literally like <laughs> like detective conan is a show an anime made for fucking children like 10 year old children and that has more in-depth characters than this game does. Like, at least in Conan, I go like, oh, man, I don't know, man. That guy could technically be evil. He just, I don't, he seems, a, I don't know. I don't trust this guy. But this game is like, this guy's so fucking dumb. I would be literally impressed if he managed to kill somebody, let alone put his clothes on. And then like, no, the oh, other yeah, I know why I killed yeah. her. I remember why I killed her. I killed her, <laughs> I killed her because the, because she killed the, the one, there's this fucking guy in a mascot costume. And he's like, he, he shows up. And he's like, I'm going through your stuff. And I'm like, what are you doing in here? And he's like, I needed to get stuff for a guy. I'm leaving now. I was like, no, 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 oh, yeah, don't leave. Just, just fucking tell me that I'm right because I know the answer to this. I just need somebody to not be weird about it. And I know you know the answer. He's like, oh, I'll tell you. You got to meet me in a place. Like, no, no, no. I'm not meeting you fucking anywhere because if you leave this building, you <laughs> will die. Don't leave. <laughs> tell me just... I was like, just tell me the answer. And he's like, oh, I can't. I got to get back to my boss. And he just runs out. And I was like, I swear, dude, I, if this guy's fucking dead, I'm going to lose it. And so I go to the thing and he's fucking dead. And I was like, okay, that's it. I'm done. Whoever fucking killed this guy, 
I'm done with you. I fucking hate this. And so yeah. then the lady's like, oh, I, I, I killed that guy. He was, he was spying on me. I was like, it was you. You did this. I was like, I can't. <laughs> I cannot let you live. You fucking ingrate. And I told her, I was like, that guy was innocent. And she was like, no, no, no. It's completely fine. He was like totally, totally stalking me. It's a, whatever. I was like, no, you literally just kill an innocent guy. And, and then she turns around. And like I said, I, I think I said something about like, oh, it's fine if we like, it's fine if we like gas this entire place and everyone dies from the toxin or whatever, as long as we kill the bugs. And she's like, that's not okay. And I was like, you killed an innocent person. Fuck off. You don't get to guilt trip me. What the <laughs> fuck is this shit? Like you're going to turn around and be like, oh, I have a moral conscience, but I didn't kill that guy. That He deserved that. And I was like, I'm not playing games <laughs> with you. Fuck off, dude. This is shit. And yep, that. And so I, I did that. I just, but it like, it's so long. It's so long to get to it this. It is very and, long, like, yeah. It felt somehow felt longer than the other DLC did. I felt like because it, it, it is the other one was mostly just reading computers, and that it really that's was yeah. So long. yeah, yeah. Like it just it felt longer, but that made it worse somehow, I which was so. it, confusing. It's not a, like it's not a good enough quest to have to be so long. These DLCs should be smaller DLCs, basically. And they, they and I didn't like into, and I didn't. Yeah, and I didn't skimp either. I did all the side quest shit too. Like, I did all of the stuff you're supposed to do to like figure out who done it. And like, you know, I figured out where the the deliveries go. I got the weird soda gun or the liquor gun. I don't know what they oh, make. Do they make booze? They um, I like. Yeah, I there was a wacky a soda gun. I yeah, I like. I literally did everything in this DLC, and it was still like, what am I? Why? None of where's the fun in this? Where's the fun parts? The parts that make me go like, we, I'm a space cowboy or something. Like <laughs> I thought it just there were some it, I thought it, there were some fun characters. You're gonna carry that weight. The I, maybe, but like oh I like I don't <laughs> like the, the cult lady the cult lady I talked to her and as soon as I talked to her, I was like, Oh, okay, so you're innocent. Uh you're not you're clearly not a bad guy. And then I talked to a person outside and she was like Boy, coming here has been a great time. My entire life has just fallen to ruin since I came here, and I'm so happy. And then I talked to another person who said the same thing. I was like, oh, so this is like a a bad... Yeah, I was like, oh, this is like a bad cult. And so I just turned around, walked back in the tent, and killed the lady who owned the cult, and then killed everyone in the cult, and then walked out of the building. (laughs) I thought she was uh, a great character. I thought she was really well-written. I don't know because I talked to her person. once. She was very well written she was with not. bullets. <laughs> yeah. Like I like I said, I talked to her once and I immediately was like, You definitely killed nobody. You're so fucking incompetent. You're just too true, stupid yeah. to have done this. And then literally walked out, found out everything about this place was really bad, cleaned it off the map just to get rid of that whole problem. And then <laughs> uh and then like yeah, and then just kept moving on. I think I killed like a bunch of other people outside too, because there's a bunch of hunting parties of rich people. Yeah, I didn't understand what was going on, but like every time I walked up, I was like, I walked up, I was like, oh man, they got a bunch of cool shit here, and so I would take their stuff, and they got mad at me, and they're like, hey, you're stealing from me. I was like, I'm not stealing anything, dude. You guys are out here. This isn't your stuff. Oh, you're just standing right. out here hiding behind it. And so yeah, I had to kill like ah. all of these rich people and these sublight guards. So the sublight people fucking hated me. Because, like, by the time I was beating the game, all the sublight, I had killed, like, so many sublight people. Because they kept getting <laughs> in my way every time I was trying to do stuff. And so I was like, okay, well, 
This is just it was just am annoyance I, after annoyance. But am I mistaken in saying that the, the that Outer Wilds does not? Sorry. Yes. Outer. No wait. The Outer Wilds. <laughs> that the older these <laughs> games <laughs> get, the harder it is to remember which one's called what. This is Outer Worlds. <laughs> outer Worlds. So, am I mistaken in saying that there's no stealing in that game? That, that there's no sense of personal property. There is absolutely stealing in that game, and it's yeah. okay. fucking okay, weird. You will yeah, randomly. Yeah. I specifically remember being in the open field outside the f the facility, and like I had picked up a bunch of items, and there would just randomly be one item that's red. It's like you have to very yeah, carefully read you every. You have to look at the icon very carefully every time you pick up any item because they'll jump scare you with random stuff that counts as stealing, and you can't tell in advance which ones it's gonna be. Like it's really random which ones counts as kind of stealing, and they'll often just be like. Just like garbage strewn in a field is stealing sometimes, but like a, a house yeah. full of stuff isn't, and you can't like what's happening? Help! Mm -hmm. That's yeah. That's that's what I was saying. Is like these people weren't. It's not like this was a camp. They were just literally hiding behind barrels and trying to shoot dogs or whatever. And so I walked up. I was like, okay, cool. And so I just walked in. And I started taking stuff. And they're like, that's our stuff. But I was like, this, how is this your stuff? It's literally mm -hmm. just boxes in the middle of nowhere. What the fuck mm -hmm. is this? Like, Stop I can right there, criminal scum. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, uh, yeah. all right. Well, I unfortunately, none of you know where, like, who you're saying stop to. So it's just this unfortunate, like, all right, bye, guys. Um, but well, they don't I think the you? only person... Oh, they absolutely do. They get super yeah, he mad means at that, you. He means like, they don't know what kind of mess they get, got into because they're really trying <laughs> oh, to stop. Yeah, right, right, right. That, that yeah, you, you're trying to, like, stop me. And it's like, well, you can stop anybody else, but sorry, but... Stop these. Um, I think the only okay. person I didn't kill in that game was the guy who had like the giant monkey. Um, I didn't. I didn't kill him. Guy. Yeah, he had like it? some whatever the radioactive gorillas are. They have these like giant gorillas or whatever. Speaking of, um, oh god! Speaking of fights, you just get really that, tired yes. of doing over and over again. Yeah, I. I, I don't know. I, he had like some giant purple gorilla, and I walked out, and some lady was like, "I want you to take his land," and I was like, "Uh." what okay and so i walked over i was like yeah tell me about the land that you've apparently need taken from you and he's like yeah i've been living here since i was like one years old and this is my land i was like okay well uh oh yeah i remember that good. guy he's like yeah, yeah and, I was, and i was like well i was told to like take your fun. land i don't i don't think i'm gonna do that because i really don't give a shit about that and i don't want to fight your gorilla because it looks like a problem so i was <laughs> like i'm just gonna leave and he was like all right, take some water. And I was like, thanks, I guess. And so I went in his house, cleaned everything out of his house, and then left. And then, um, and then, yeah, I went back to the camp, and the lady's like, well, but did you kill, did you kill old man and take his land? And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. And then so she's like, well, now we're going to have to kill you. And I was like, isn't that a little bit of an escalation? Like, you can go kill him <laughs> yeah. if you want to. I didn't, I didn't, like, come at you or anything. I just said, no, nah, I don't want to do your quest. Like, why are you guys so aggro? And then so I just yep. killed them. And I was like, well, great. Now nobody's getting his land. Was this the smart choice? I don't under I don't understand. I don't it, the game <laughs> don't does get it. end up with a lot of those situations. And I think it's the it's kind of inevitable in a combat-centered game. Because it, it, it makes narrative sense. Well, it, maybe it doesn't make narrative sense. There's a lot sense, there's but, a lot of quests that just arbitrarily end in a gunfight when yeah, it's often just you yeah. be like, nah, like, oh, well, then I guess we're yeah. gonna have to show your fish. I'm like, why? But 
But that's such a <laughs> like it's, it doesn't have to be a, in a shooter sense. Uh, it, like Baldur's Gate one and two are like that. Some of the oldest RPGs. It's inevitably it, like you have all these in in the like involved dialogues and choices about being you know whether you're nice or not to the person that you're dealing with or are you sympathetic or whatever but it always ends in combat it's especially the first uh Baldur's Gate the second one is a little bit different but mostly it's the same um but it's the first game is in it's invariably like that you find a person that you're like oh this person is like I don't know a so it's like a robber and you have all these discussions and they tell you oh I'm a robber because I, my mother was a witch or whatever uh, and then you're like, oh, yeah, I'm very sympathetic. And then they attack you and you kill them. Or you're like, oh, you're the worst. And you attack them. It's, it's always the same. And it's just a yeah, trope would, of RPGs. I would like uh, RPGs to normalize saying no. It's Fallout completely okay to just, to just say no to things after you get the context. Like, if you go like, oh, I'll do this quest or whatever. And you find out someone's like, yes. yeah, I want you to, like, could you, could you go and, like, check out a place for me? And I go like, oh, okay. And I check out and it's like, a complete nightmare situation. I'm like, oh, this is all. I don't want anything to yes. do with this. And I walk up and I say, like, I'm gonna decline this quest. I'm like, okay, we're gonna have to kill you. I'm like, why? Are, what? How was? Yeah. How is this the logical outcome of saying no to your quest? Like, I, I and don't know what thing. I'm supposed to do because I'm not leaving it in my quest log, and I can't just abandon it. So, what am I supposed to do except mm -hmm. kill everyone? Like I, and the, I, it's not my fault. I didn't ask for these people to be aggressive. Like, I, didn't I, didn't ask for I don't this. know if it's like a an artifact of of quest design or whatever, but I think it ties into another thing that's very common in RPGs or video games, anyway. Which is, um, you go up to a person, they're like, "Okay, I need your help with something, and it's really illegal. Can you can you help me?" And your character asks, "What is it?" And they say, "I'm not going to tell you unless you agree to help me." <laughs> it doesn't make any sense what do because like, why would you say no just say yes and they tell you and they say no after right but in the video games it's always like you have to make the choice before you know what it is it doesn't like what well, i don't have to make any choice just say yes like imagine a criminal goes up to you and says okay i need you to help me with something really illegal say yes ask what it is they say oh it's to kill your mother no no thanks bye <laughs> but in video games the end result is that they attack you if you say no. And it's so right. It's, and it's so, so contrived as well. Like, it makes no sense. It's really dumb. And I, <laughs> and especially in a game, like, Outer Worlds is a game very, very specifically about people being terrible people, but just having really weird mental gymnastics to justify their, like, inhumane yes. actions. And so a mm -hmm. lot of the times, people say stuff like, oh, this guy ran off with really uh, important documents. And you're like, okay, I'll go get him. And you go to the person, the guy's like, yeah, I have this paperwork showing that actually these people are uh, are like doing testing on infants and trying to make the infants vomit blood uncontrollably so they can harvest the blood and give it to rich people. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely not taking those documents from you. I'm going to go talk to that guy and like sort this out. And you go talk to him and you're like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to take these documents. He's like, well, I'm going to have to kill you. And it's like, well, <laughs> I think this isn't going to end the way you want it to, which I assumed was getting the documents back. <laughs> like, I don't, <laughs> how is this going to help you? I don't get it. You're like, I have extremely like, bad news for how attacking me ends. 
<laughs> yeah and it's like it only gets especially outer worlds it only gets funnier the more that like people keep having notoriety about you or like oh you're the captain of the unreliable and i'm like okay so if you've heard about me then you know tell me point blank about the fucking quest because if i say no and you attack me i will wipe out your planet so let's do this. <laughs> what is your quest? And like people just go like, so this guy, he totally said something really rude and then just ran off and it ruined my business. And I, okay, that's it. He just said something bad. He slandered you, right? So it's completely falsehood slandering. And he's like, yes, it is a complete slander. What did the guy say? Well, the guy... <laughs> Well, I told the guy that it was unfair that he wasn't paying me for three fucking weeks and I was starving to death and I wasn't able to actually make it to work. But if he fired me, I would have been shot out of a cannon into the sun and would have died. So I told him that it was really unfair that he treated people badly and ran off before he killed me. Okay, sir. Again, must I remind you, I will not kill a person who you've treated badly. That's on you. Don't do that. Well, I guess I have to kill you. Okay, like I guess we will just do this again. And then it's just I that's the whole plan, that's the whole thing. I played the whole game like that until I got to the very top of the game where they somehow again, again the whole game is just a culmination of a really really rich guy in a really ugly but fashionably rich, I guess, building telling me I've got this entire mission for if you just kill this crazy scientist guy who's just a complete bad guy he is making so many lies about the colony you don't even know like dude this colony is the best colony trust me ask anybody and this scientist guy's ruining it and you just have to sit there and go all right so what you're telling me is that this colony the colony by the way that me captain of the unreliable who has visited every <laughs> planet in the halcyon colony yeah the, the guy who's visited every planet has solved multiple issues in this entire entire fucking colony who by this point now as the owner of the colony you should at least know about me you're asking me to look at the colony at which i have just traveled through and tell me it's a good colony that's what you want from me and he's like yes i 100 percent am satisfied this colony is good well, I have to disagree. Well, we have to kill you. Okay, I guess I'm going to have to do this again. Like, like, why? Why is everyone's answer to any kind of disagreement violence? It's like someone just took the United States and then turned it to, like, 10. It's ridiculous. To 10? Like, yeah, well, obviously 11 would just be nukes, but these people are just regular Americans, so it's just a 10. Regular it's just ridiculous, Americans. though. Like, how how is every response that is not satisfactory violence? I don't get it. Like because the do you tools think that this of is... gameplay are violence, which which is fine. But I think that like I think in an RPG, it's hard for me to role play when I have to like literally role play either like okay, I'm gonna play along or. Well, I know for a fact that this guy's going to fucking murder me. And I also know for a fact that based on every other situation I've been in prior to this guy, everyone has been these people lie and the people that they're talking about are just trying to survive. So at some point, I might as well just cut the fucking chase and kill the guys that I interact with first that I know are scummy 
and then just go talk to the good guys and see what they're being scummy about and then kill them later like why even bother <laughs> like it's just it's the, it's it really is down to the fact that the tools of gameplay are shooting like in disco elysium the worst punishment that you get both from a mechanical and the storytelling perspective is that kim leaves your party for a little bit he's that he's pissed oh, and he leaves you for a little bit and in the next day he comes back but spoiler alert but that's the worst punishment that the game gives you. Well, there's the worst possible but... thing that can happen is that Kim doesn't like you at the end. Yeah. Oh and it... no. <laughs> and, and yeah, it's absolutely it's, it's absolutely true. I mean, there's there's game there's game over screens and all that based on your choices. But the point is because the tools of Disco Elysium are dialogue and interacting with characters and having and and you know having that sort of exploration based on what's going on and and you know getting to know the different situations the punishment is that is that you don't get to interact with your care or companion in the same way or your companion is it's maybe not gonna in the future reciprocate or whatever and you know that's nice that's really nice that's a really memorable thing that happens in disco elysium but no in in shooter games it's always yeah now i have to kill you that makes sense yeah I, I, guess I just you feel have bad. To die. I, I just feel bad for somebody who's like, I want to write a, I want to write a real human being, and then someone just like barrels into the room and is like, yeah, but they better try to kill the player, and you're like, why do they have to try to kill the player? Why can't, why can't we talk it out? Why can't we have any kind of uh, diplomacy options? And it's like, well, the option is either go my way or die, and it's like that's. Not diplomacy. You have some characters like that, though, like the the I, moonhead. I don't think guy. any. I don't think any of the corporate people. Oh, no, no, were no, willing yeah. the, to, the main... to do any kind of democracy. They were basically just like, it's yeah, either yeah. my capitalism or your grave. And I'm like, I <laughs> then I have to do the. I have to do like the stupid meme where it's like I'm just sitting there like, oh my god, you better call an ambulance, but not for me, and then like kill him. <laughs> like, what's the whole point? <laughs> like, it's so silly. Like I, I, I it's I worth know, pointing just... out. It's worth pointing out that it isn't capitalism; it's corporativism. The game is actually kind of cautious about that, and it's it, it doesn't tie it too much to capitalism. Although the, the imagery is there, but I don't know, man. All these people sure are content, are really adamant about selling products and making sure they can get oh, yeah, more yeah, yeah, products yeah, yeah. out to people to sell, which sounds pretty capitalism to me, for man. Sure, for sure, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the game the... is a little bit ambivalent in that, which I think works for its benefit, but it's, yeah, we can simplify it if we're... Which is, I guess, I don't know, I, I'm, now I'm thinking about, like, it, I don't even think uh, Cyberpunk was this anti-corporation. Like, it was... <laughs> of course it wasn't. <laughs> Are you kidding? I, I don't remember... Can I don't you remember really any... an anti-corporativist game? I just don't remember much in uh, well, Outer Worlds is anti-corporate. It's like super blatantly oh, yeah, absolutely. But oh, yeah. it's weird that it's not a punk game. Like Outer I wouldn't call Outer Worlds a, a punk genre game. It's just a mm. it's just an RPG where you if you want to, you can be anti-corporation, but it's not technically required. Like in your no, it's like yeah, I, again, yeah. it's like in your heart of hearts, if you're a normal, healthy human being, any re interaction with these like the corporate people you go like wow these are all bad people i don't want them to be in charge of anything but mm -hmm. you can 
it's totally like acceptable for you to just be like, ah, well, he's got a point. These these guys are so stupid. They won't survive without the corporation or whatever. Uh, but in Cyberpunk, it's not like that at all. Like there is not a. I, I don't know. There's not like a brain, basically. Yeah, it's not. There's not really a point at which you go. There's like one bad corporation. And you're like, man, the Wayne Corp is so bad. I can't believe that they own everything. And then that so like hating any kind of part of the corporation Wayne in Corp. Cyberpunk just feels it's what it is. Like the I don't remember <laughs> the name of the the corporation, Actually, but like that they just or... owned. Sure, the they just owned everything basically. They're just like this is the biggest corporation in Corpland. And like they're the corpiest corp of corpse. And you're like, oh fuck, I guess that's the only business in this entire industry. <laughs> and so, but like you never interact with other like businesses except for the ones you need to survive, like the medical business or the like shopkeeps that sell you stuff. But you're not like rebelling against the hot dog salesman. You're not like, ah, this guy is a corporate sellout. Like you don't really do anything about that. You just I don't know. You just move the whole- on. The whole genre of uh, hyperinflating a corporation in a setting to make it this topic like that. Um, unfortunately, it's difficult to get to make it make it jump to the to what to the point. Basically, you're always like a Judge Dredd kind of setting or a uh, a cyberpunk kind of setting or or a, the what's the other one that's with Deckers and whatever Shadowrun. That's the one. Uh, those settings, like they're not meant to teach anything. They're like, like you can tell stories that that have morals, obviously, but like the setting itself is 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 just the aesthetics of uh, of the dystopic future of corporative monopolies and stuff like that. Because the the real moral of that of those types of settings is that. It becomes a corporation becomes like a government in and of itself without democratic accountability, and that's a, the sort of conclusion or the s- sort of realization that has real life implications that people often don't associate with the, the video games. Basically, you can look at, at Wayne Corp or whatever in in Cyberpunk and be like, "Oh, these people have too much power," and it's be like, "Oh, this is bad that, that they have too much power because they're just rich." Why? Why? Like that doesn't that's not nice. What? Why would they have power just because they're rich, right? But the, but at the same time, they're capable of of looking at, um, I don't know, simple things like, um, healthcare, for example, and um, and say that government-owned healthcare is bad because it's subject to corruption, while the alternative of government-owned healthcare is corporate-owned healthcare that doesn't have corruption. But it has profit motive, which is the same thing as corruption. It's just leeches. So not not that I'm excusing corruption in in government. Uh, any any in anything, for anything. But the point is, people are, apply a double standard in real life because it's not as dystopic as it is in those settings. But the conclusion is, it's difficult to make. So I I, I don't think that I don't think that it's fair to. Cyberpunk is a very smooth brain game in many regards, but I don't think it's fair to criticize it in that regard. Uh, of um, you know, it doesn't take the stance. I don't think it would be possible to take the stance. It's such a complicated thing, even for like even for political people having a chat about it. It's difficult to vocalize what I'm trying to say. But um, but I think I feel like Disco Elysium 
did a good job of having conversations with people, not like feel not like realistic because talking to people isn't is never an enjoyable experience like it can be in a game. But the but it just it like it feels like there's actual nuance to conversations in Disco Elysium. It feels like you can talk to people and say things that don't obviously feel evil. Like there you can you can say something and it it isn't just like immediately making a black or white decision, which is what always feels like in a lot of, I guess, first person shooter RPGs. Mm-hmm. It just it feels it feels like your decisions are are very obvious. You're either doing the renegade or the paragon route like you don't get the option to be uh, subtle. Right. You can't be like, yeah. well, I'm I'm pro capitalism, but like also anti uh, you know, I'm, but I'm also pro union. Like I love business, but I also love unions. You can't like be that in Outer Worlds because there is no such thing. It's just mm-hmm. you're you're either like on the side of subjecting it, like subjugating people, or you're not. And it's just, I don't know. I don't. I don't like. Again, I don't like the idea that I can't get the full information about a situation and be just disinterested. Like, oh no, this goes actually goes against my values. Sorry. And they're like, ah, you. You just don't see it the right way. Uh, Damn you. And then you just walk, you just burn a bridge or whatever. The guy's like, don't come back to my office. I won't help you. And you're like, oh no. And then later down the road, you find out like, shit, I need this guy's fish supply to help feed a nation, but I can't talk to him because he wanted me to do a bad and I didn't do it. Like, I don't know. It just, it, it feels really sad, I guess. And like cyberpunk was the same way where it just showed up. And people just told you, like, that's a bad corporation. I'm like, well, can I talk to somebody? So like, don't talk to anybody. It's bad. And you're like, uh, okay. <laughs> and then the one time you talk to somebody, they're like, yeah, you know, it's actually okay that we own 90% of the city because, look, these people are poor and stupid. And I don't think they need anything but our own guidance, the rich and the smart. And I'm like, well, uh, well, you've, you've compelled me very subtle, uh, <laughs> subtly. You've compelled me to be on your side. I can tell that you come from a place of moral superiority. I am not going to engage any kind of violence with you. Like, what? No, I'm going to burn your city to the ground now. Goodbye. I hope you liked it. I hope it was fun eating whatever shit, weird cyberpunk food you did on the 12th floor of this awful building. Like, have fun. Uh, It's all down to what the games are designed to do. Like, if you strip it all down to the basic fundamental design of a shooting role-playing game, it's meant to get to you from a beginning of the game and you understand what the beginning of the game means if i tell you of any game it's a, it's meant to get you from there to the end of the game and again you understand what the end of the game means and there's multiple ways of doing that there's games with a lot of combat there's games with a lot of dialogue there's games with skill checks whatever there's there can be amazingly written quests or they can be just linear cutscenes in it's still the same principle, getting you from the beginning to the end. And if you look at Disco Elysium, if you distill Disco Elysium, it's actually not the point of the game. To the point where I think the ending doesn't... Like, it, the ending has to work so hard. It, like, goes overboard to the point of it being a little bit, like, cliche. Cliche is not the word, but it's like, it's so in your face that it's trying to get to a climax at the end. But that's not, like... It's not the point of the game. The point of the Disco Elysium is to get, to get you to know 
interestingly written character it, like it, they're interestingly written but like they're interesting characters that are realistically written like i think of the lady that's outside of the bookshop for example she's really memorable think of the 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 lady that uh, is the the wife of that guy that you find in the pier she's really memorable kuno obviously uh and uh th those guys that are playing patank the 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 crypto fascist the 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 lady in the wheelchair the 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 dude in the the dude behind the the balcony the or the the counter i should say in the uh in the starting area and those are like i don't think well, kuno is a little bit of a main character but i i think those all all side characters none of them are important characters they're isolated from each other for the most part and they don't talk about each other and and it doesn't feel bad that that is like that because I've played games where characters don't talk about each other. It feels terrible. You just go up to them and they say a bunch of stuff and it's not interesting and that's it. That's the character. Nothing else happens. The in Disco Elysium, characters are relatively isolated from each other, but they still feel interesting because the, for one, they tell a lot about the world as well as themselves. Then Disco Elysium really does that, and I think it's important. But it does that on purpose to you know to make it interesting. Otherwise, it would. It would it would be feel like it would feel weird going up to the Patank people and just hearing about their gripes and not really learn about the civil war and the you know the the socioeconomical situations that led them to where they are, um, or to go up to Kuno and not learn about the drug situation or or how the cops are not nowhere and all that. But the point of the game at the end of the day is to just get to interesting characters. And you can enjoy them or not. If you don't like them, you can skip them. It's fine. But the, it's a fundamentally written, or rather, it's a fundamentally designed kind of game. And that's why Discordism has that possibility of, uh, of just being, yeah, you just, you, you, maybe you fail, maybe it's because you failed the check, a skill check, and your character didn't allow, didn't understand what was right in front of them. Or maybe it's because you decided not to do the quest that the character was saying, and it feels rewarding just the same. Because it's just, it allows, it's a design, it's just a completely different design philosophy. I don't know if I'm... Games are complicated. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I understand what you're saying. It is, it's, I, and I don't by any stretch mean that it's easy to write dialogue for oh, video games. For sure. Especially RPGs. Yeah. Like, that's just, yeah, it's already too much dialogue as it is. So, I don't, uh... I understand that it can be harder to try to not only write what is essentially like three books and then combine them into one uh, and script but, them all. <laughs> yeah, them but it's like it's just code. it can just be really infuriating sometimes when you when you when you find that there isn't the ad, there isn't really a, an option for you to role play. There isn't a role that yeah. you can actually play in. You just have to. Yeah, I just I. It it is like the Mass Effect problem I have too, where it's like my I end up becoming the same person every time because it's kind of the only way that I I enjoy playing, and that's really the only option I have besides the alternative, which is not fun. Like there's not a middle ground I can be in where I could be like, ah, oh, I'm just the the shepherd that said nothing. Like I did nothing. I just kind of coasted through all of this. I killed a Reaper once and nobody asked me any follow-up questions like it just <laughs> <laughs> like like i don't know like it just it, it's weird that it, it's weird my 
<laughs> but do you understand what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. like I I show up, I kill Sauron or Saruman, whatever his name was. Uh, Sarmander, 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 Sar, yeah. Sar. <laughs> and I I killed him, stopped him from floating because that's not how gravity works, and we all moved on from it, right? But instead, it's like yeah, but even though you did this thing. We have to look back at what you did before and oh good you were a good person and I'm like what what the well yeah i didn't like what was i gonna do was not like i'm not gonna punch a person interviewing me that's a little extreme i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna like shoot a guy in the knee and throw him into the snow that's kind of extreme i i, I can ignore these people technically i guess that's an option you can be pat like a, a neutral but you know and uh i don't think a neutral path is a I don't really think that's uh, it actually I, does. I anything. don't think I, I think they treat. I don't think it's possible. I think yeah. They, yeah, I think they treat neutrality oh, yeah. as evil. Um, it's just like it's you just didn't evil, do it's anything. Renegade. The first game is well, better I, at that than the second. Right, Renegade. But it just it, yeah, it doesn't feel like yeah. it. I don't know. Just the the whole black and white, good and evil thing is, I guess, necessary. But I do. I just always will wish that there's some some level of personality involved like i wish i could just be who i actually am and not have to be a like a, an all-powerful tyrant like forcing everyone to endure my way of thinking because i can't i can't just be wrong about stuff i can't be like oh i don't know is that fine i don't really know because then it's like now you're a bad guy it's like oh, okay well <laughs> uh, i guess i gotta redo this it's just in um but, uh, I, I think that's impossible. That's well, maybe not impossible, but that's just too much to ask of the const of a game that has the constraints that Mass Effect has. Um, it, I, it's weird because I think uh, I think the closest I've ever felt to this being possible was like Telltale games. Like sometimes in Telltale games, I feel like I could be I could make mistakes because I don't know like some choices can be so obscure enough that I'm like, oh, I don't, that sounds like it's a good idea. And then it turns out to like, uh, yeah, I think you should go say hi to that guy. And it turns out like going, saying hi to that guy meant that the person falls down six flight of stairs, accidentally punches a child and then like catapults <laughs> into like a, a lake of lava. And you're like, oh, I didn't mean to kill that guy. I just thought telling him to talk to somebody was a pretty innocent choice. And so like, sometimes it feels like I can be, like I can make mistakes oh, yeah, unintentionally, sense. but mm -hmm. it's, but yeah, but you know, otherwise it's really, it's really obvious if you're not, if you're a bad person, like you, it's, it games aren't, Mass I guess. Huh? The thing with Mass Effect is that they never allow any hint of questioning that the council is a bad institution on its face, according to the morals of our current world, not even according to the morals of me. According to the morals of our world, the council is a racially segregated, plutocratic dictatorship with, like, actual spies that go, like, super killers, which are the, the specters, that, that rule over the known galaxy and ostracize people who go against them. It's, like, a super bad thing. And, the, and it, you, no, it's no, no question is given. And I don't know why it's like that. My my suspicion is that they wrote the council without thinking too much, without being like, okay, let's make this interesting, cool-looking cyber dictatorship, not cyber, space dictatorship, and let's not think too hard about it. 
yeah, it's terrible, but they didn't even think about it. I, I think they, they came up with the idea for the political situation of Mass Effect and didn't think through the implications of what it is. I mean, and it's, I it's very that, unusual to get to play as a cop and the game question that institution. Yes. And you're playing yeah. as like a super cop that doesn't play by the rules in, in, in Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think it, but I, I don't know that it was on purpose. The game does have some very pro cop attitudes, especially the second one, but the first one as well. Um, and and, and that, so that, that's revealing of the authors, but, or at least of that, those particular sections. But as in, I don't think they thought of those things. I don't think they, they ever were critical enough in their analysis of the, base, the fundamental premise of the political situation of Mass Effect. And in Mass Effect, it matters more. I think it matters more in Mass Effect 1 than in Mass Effect 2, because Mass Effect 2, uh, no spoilers, or there's no need for it for me to say, but Mass Effect 2 basically is just a series of companion quests, and then there's a, a setup for Mass Effect 3 at the end. There's no... You, you're not really finding out about anything new. There's no development really being made. Not even about the, the fundamental main character that is with you from the beginning, which is the... That guy in, in the hologram, what's his name? The Inspector. I don't remember the name, but it's got a weird name. You don't Nihilus? really find out anything about him. Was it now? Do you know the one that, that I'm... guy we're talking about that's in a hologram? Yeah, in Mass Effect 2, you're resurrected by... <laughs> Mass Effect 2 starts out so weird. Cause like Mass oh, Effect right, Mass Effect 2. In... We're talking about uh, the... I almost said the Invisible Man. Uh, yeah, it is. It is that the Mysterious Man. That's that's <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Played by Martin Sheen, uh, the Elusive Man. There we go. The Elusive Man. They never really find out anything. Oh about yeah, that guy. That guy. And the game doesn't really throw you any rope either. So you you don't like you finished Mass Effect two and you're not like oh man I really wanted to find out more about no the game doesn't throw anything. It's just like whatever. It's just that. And in, at least in Mass Effect 2, you get to question the, the, like the, uh, the premise of having a corporation having so much power, the corporation that resurrects you. Mass Effect, it's, it, it, I'm going to point it out. It's a game that starts with you dying and then getting immediately resurrected. That is the yep. setup. They should have ended the, the first Mass Effect with you dying. That would have been cooler, but also... It would have made the second Mass Effect more memorable because you're like, you're like ten minutes into the first cutscene, you're like, wait, what? Why? What? Wait, what? <laughs> like, it does weirdly feel like the thing you do when it's time to make a sequel possible, at, but you already killed the guy. But they just do it in the sequel with an, they, and yeah, then immediately bring you oh, back, which is up. it's a bit of a strange setup. There's no build-up. You should have played like there should have been like an intro or something of Shepard being dead and you just control the robot, like in, Ma in Knights of the Old Republic too, which is not you quite like that. You just control the robot. <laughs> I I still think that the tutorial from Knights of the Old Republic two is the best tutorial of any game. I think it would have been better if you accidentally cloned Shepard. Like it was just an accident. There's just a real Shepard out there still somewhere. Like they didn't kill Shepard's not dead. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like what yeah, if you like were, an what if you were playing a clone of Shepard and then you met Shepard? They did a version of they did a version of that in Mass Effect Three. No spoiler. Oh yeah, I haven't played it. What? You haven't played Mass yeah, Effect Three? Oh weird. I need to. 
I will play it. But first I'll play that Dragon Age Inquisition. No, no, don't do that. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> People That's say like... it's, the, it's better than Dragon Age 2. And I thought Dragon Age 2 was, was banging. It was great. No, Dragon Age 2 is way better than Dragon Age Inquisition. These people are really wrong. Dragon Age <laughs> 2 was very incorrectly maligned when it came out for confusing reasons. A lot of it being the fact that in side quests, they recycle the same buildings a lot. Yeah, that sucks. And it's like, I don't know, man. Have mm. you played uh, an RPG before? Especially back then? Like, that was no, not an unusual it, they thing. more. I mean, people no, fucking praise Kings of Amalur game. like it was a good game, and that game is way worse about recycling content oh, yeah. than Dragon Age 2 ever was. Like, 100%. A lot, so many games get by people... more easily with recycled content than while being mad at Dragon Age 2 for some reason. But Dragon Age 2... Literally like, every went... Elder Scrolls game. Don't act like yeah, any of those true. caves are unique. But, You've but... never been in a cave and been like, oh yeah, I've never seen yeah. this placement of stuff before. Even but just speaking Age... about today's topics like death loop i've been in the same building a number of times that is not the same building but also it uses it's like the same place but different times this whole place only has four levels kind of set up and then like uh much worse like outer worlds is full of the same building over and over again like endlessly like it's still a thing today in games so like that being a thing in dragon age was a weird problem but i really appreciate the weird the weird like three chapter story and like the uh like, these are just the ongoing problems of this town specifically instead of being all the usual thing where it's like, gotta kill the god dragon, it's ending the world. Yeah, I like that but a lot. Again? I, like, uh, I, thought, the, I thought the story, the story of Dragon was... Age Inquisition is bad. And the yeah, gameplay is also fairly bad. My uh, problem with Dragon Age 2 in terms of the repetition is that it just throws so much combat at you all of the time. Yeah, and there's no reward for combat. The loot is non-existent because it's not a loot-based game. And when you do get loot, it most of it is junk, and it, the the inventory only has like ninety slots. It it there's so much time spent backtracking trying to throw away stuff, and it's just <laughs> like it's so unrewarding. And and you can you can upgrade the inventory to 150 slots, but you have to buy the correct upgrades at the correct time. And if you don't, they're gone forever. And it happened <laughs> to me a couple times. But, just, but the thing that is, that there are a lot of missions in Dragon Age 2 that do not have dialogue at all. They're just like a little uh, post-it note. You just go to a place, you kill a bunch of people or a bunch of monsters, and that's it. Quest complete. Yeah, and, it's like, like uh, Mass Effect 1 Mako missions. It is, yes. <laughs> but at least you had the Mako. That was fun to drive around. Opinions are split. Hmm. <laughs> I uh, I honestly liked. Uh, I wish the three chapters were better connected. They could have connected the three chapters better in terms of storyline, um, but because it, it does feel like three different stories, and the third one is about the same length as the other ones, and it should have better set up. Should have been. It, yeah, I don't know. I, I I liked it. I I got to blow up the whole place. So yay. <laughs> I don't know yeah, I'm just I'm just bummed out to. that they took all these games need less <laughs> yes. uh, in that trilogy, and uh, Ma uh, Dragon Age Inquisition and Mass Effect Andromeda are incredibly long games, uh, and it's because they are like let's have an open world full of busy work. It's like no, please, I want to go home. <laughs> just let me do the story, but it's like. 
almost to that game's benefit that it's so spread out that you forget the story because the story just doesn't have that much going on and just isn't that interesting in a in Inquisition. Like the only thing, the only wow. the the good narrative content is just getting attached to the characters and having their individual through lines that you get from talking to them enough that that something happens eventually and so on. But like the actual main story is like wildly disappointing. Wow. That's going to really suck when I cut out all the fluff in my Let's Play and just show it all yeah. here for the peeps to see. Mass, uh, I, uh, honestly, Dragon Age 2 really benefited from my trimming in the Let's Play. It really came out. I thought, I thought it, that's probably my favorite Let's Play of mine is uh, it's just because it's tight. It's a really tight game once you cut out all the nonsense. And it's not that it does not even that it's much really nonsense. There's, there's a little bit you of nonsense. cut out the nonsense. It what is does though. that mean? It means it's like the story is delivered a well-paced manner. There's fights that are rewarding. There's exploration. There's even exploration in the repetitive levels that are recycled. That work. That feels good. It, that, I thought Dragon Age Two was better than Dragon Age Origins. A hundred percent. I mean, Dragon Age Two has a lot going for it. It's not a bad game. Uh, mm -hmm. It's it's very, it, it was very confusing the feedback it got at the time, not only because of the fact that uh, it, it it's, I don't know G gaming discourse is weird. Oh, yeah. honestly, just like specific <laughs> specific uh, arguments just get popular that someone makes, and then it like repeats forever. And then, Gamers, man. And often without interrogating Gamers. why that argument's being made sometimes. And it's not just game, it's just the internet discourse to some extent. Just like the fact that like people hear somebody else say something and then they start repeating it forever on the loop. And so like there's a lot of, there's a lot of like entire ideas that are often like a narrative that has to be like fixed by like a big video that changes the discourse about the thing. Cause like I was like almost like I was it uh Matthew Matosis with Dark Souls 2, for example, yeah. like just like having a video that just like creates the narrative that this is why this thing is bad. And then everyone just kind of echoes the same points over and over again. And you're like, yeah, but do those things matter? And is that the thing that's bad? And it's like specifically in Dragon Age 2 was complained about for things that both its previous game did and that the next game would also do without getting the same like backlash for similar reasons like the the second the third game more than any of them does not uh does not respect your time but it's the second game that's known for that it's really strange mm -hmm. but also we've like weirdly just kind of gotten like people just kind of like started liking that like games that just take forever and waste your time and so on, like in the, akin to like, you know, like the, this is our ongoing stuff with like Elden Ring discussion and, uh, and like there's just like an ongoing thing where like games are just astonishingly padded and use repetitive content and are noticeably less coherent and tight experiences than the ones that came before them, even from the same company and style and series. But people are like, and that's the best one they ever did. So I don't really know what's going on where people are most of the time these days. Because <laughs> the fact that it turned around and people were like, Inquisition's way better, despite being like way worse for a lot of the stuff that that people were mad at the previous games for. Like I don't, 
Don't know what to make of that, man. <laughs> Get confused. I look forward to seeing if I think it's better or worse. I honestly thought I, I when I started Dragon Age 2, I, I thought I was going to like it worse than Dragon Age 1 because the combat is more streamlined. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is just going to be an action flick or something like that. And um, and just starts so strong, like it's unavoidable. The style that Bioware can get onto their games of just being like I, it's not like other people can't do what they do, but they d just choose not to. They Bioware just has charismatic characters. They just throw stuff at you without. Uh, they're not ashamed of doing it. They're just like, let's have this character. <laughs> they're not ashamed. But it is though. It feels like a lot of a lot of companies are, are ashamed of having charismatic characters. Like an Alistair from Ma Mass Effect. Oh, sorry, from Dragon Age Origins. That's not a character that you see very often. Yeah. In, in terms of like such a, he's emotional. He's he's strong willed. He grows and like he's 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 characterful. And I I thought it was just silly and and as a person. And honestly, I thought it was written to be childish and you know not that that's not a, i'm not taking taking the writing down for that it's totally fine to write that but it's still memorable and he's is like a highlight of the whole game and in in, in in contrast morrigan which is really well written as well but she's just much more subdued and and works well as a contrast um but the, like the the contrast is the point though is like it's unavoidable to see that there's some there are certain things that happen in to certain characters in Bioware games that doesn't happen anywhere else, and they're they just they are okay with that. Let's make this character be super out there, and I, like I like that. I uh the the whole family in in the in Mass in Dragon Age Two was like that. The mother was like that. The sister, the brother, they're like they're meaningful characters. They, they, I, I don't like. I didn't like the brother. I was like, "Fuck you, whatever." <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't like you anymore. Fuck off. I don't care. Like, I was really. Uh, I didn't. It's very care interesting having a family. But they're characterful people, though. It's not like real family. That are <laughs> <laughs> they're interesting people with like weird uh, idiosyncrasies going they're on. Like in real that. family. God damn! Just going for it today. <laughs> yeah, <that's fine. laughs> Yeah, I just ah. Uh. That game had a lot going for it. It's it's more interesting than people were willing to give it uh, credit for because like this, a particular narrative just took hold, and then that was just what that game was to everybody. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's deserved, and sometimes it's just kind of confusing. And I'm like, I don't understand how we ended up here. It's also a uh, the second game where they sort of failed to recognize the apartheid state that they that the the like the main kingdom lives in they kind of do in the second game but it's just it's like it's not strong enough to like people modern day people should be absolutely outraged at how the elves are treated in the uh, whatever the name of the kingdom i don't remember they they should be absolute just it's un unacceptable but we are never given any choice to even denote the, the bad things in the first game. They say, well, eh, maybe we are here and there, but it's just like, it should be center point. And even starting as an elf, which I did in the first game, you don't, um, 
you're not like you're not really given a chance to reflect that. And there's like these there's this involved quest in the first game where you deal with the the elves in in a almost like you're trying to be oh man maybe the elves are nice but nope turns out they're all sick and werewolves or whatever uh it's just like sick and the werewolves (laughs) i don't i i recall that quest in particular being like such a click uh not a click uh such a switch uh bait and switch being like oh maybe this is gonna be the point where like let's face the the way the elves are treated but nope it isn't it's though we had to we had to Uh, yeah i don't know i i I def I don't know if it's just because I'm like racism is bad or what, but like I definitely came <laughs> away thinking that it wasn't presented as a good thing or anything that no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. obvious yeah. racism in the Dragon Age setting. Like the, I, I, I think it's ants. like it's very in, yeah. I think it's very intentionally meant to be not a good thing in the setting. It's just not but necessarily a thing anyone is challenging. Yeah, that's what I mean. That, that that's all that I mean. Uh, the thing is, you deal directly with the people responsible for this, the, for the, for this racism. Like the you deal directly with the kings and like and, and like with the rulers. You can't humanize them. They're the ones responsible for the situation. Or if they're not the ones that created it, they're, they're not abolishing it or doing anything about it. So there's, there's they're unrede- unredeemable on the face of it. Like and and there's. Uh, it's like it's yeah, like the they're whole trying thing. their best. It's like the whole thing of the good king, the story about the good king. There's no good king. They're king. Bad. And like, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, I say that with with modern day morals, or I say modern day, but you know, with with my morals, let's put it like that, uh, applied to a setting where my morals wouldn't exist as easily or at all, even. And so I'm. I'm that doesn't matter. Dishes in a way, right? But it it's still it's, jarring. It's, not their, it's not their problem that they're doing bad things just because there isn't like a general consensus that the things they're doing is bad on Twitter. Like it just doesn't doesn't change that fact. Like just because that True. is what they did in the past doesn't make it okay that they did it in the past. It was just like, yeah, yeah. Well, who's gonna stop me? It's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> And romanticizing those things and, and not a, not broaching the more the morality of it in a modern day story is still it, it's it's moralizing those things in the other direction. You can't tell a story about oh this slave owner who had slaves and didn't think it was a bad thing actually was a very nice person and liked dogs. No, don't do that. No dogs. No dogs for that person. And it's because <laughs> you're yeah. telling the story. Tell the story without the dogs, and then it's just a slave owner, right? Because the the choices we make in our storytelling are representative of how we see the stories that we're telling, and and well, that, I mean, I think there it does at least add nuance. Like a person can yeah, be a human no need to, and though. do horrible. Well, yeah, but people people do horrible things and are just regular people too, for sure. Like it's it yeah. yeah. And so I think that's the that's the point is that like yeah, you can humanize and empathize with this guy who does completely abhorrent stuff. Uh, because okay, again, then, he is just, he is just a guy making a really bad decision, but it's not that he's like, uh, you know, he's not going around like trying to wipe what, out a town or whatever. He just, but that's what the, he just personally he is, though, doesn't like the, the, the well, apartheid state is genocidal in, in, in Dragon Age 2 and sh- Dragon Age in particular. Sure. I just mean that like, there is a, there's a limit to like, uh, I think you can have characters that are 
that are making that are being bad people but uh you can you then the witcher yeah, 3 like, for it, example is a great example of that I, I i always look at a lot of the side quests in the witcher 3 where terrible people are humanized in, in very interesting ways that are morally challenging and like you can when i say morally challenging i don't mean that i don't know how to act about it or that people don't know how to act about it i mean that it's it forces us to make our own mind about complex situations but it the what i'm saying is dragon age doesn't do that it doesn't make it oh this is a terrible person that does that does, or rather this is a nice person that does terrible things or vice versa dragon age doesn't broach those issues i feel a lot of the time and uh, and the ones that they do they do it in ham-fisted ways specifically the the first game uh, there's a big thing about the first game about the the way the wardens are created and the the way the and basically the pact that they form when they become a warden and it's just done it, it's it's center point to the storytelling but it's just it's just done so uh, so ham-fisted in a ham-fisted way that i i didn't i didn't connect to it at the time when i played it and like i i can't go back very easily cuz it's been a while but i remember just being like you just killed that dude the, you're why did, why why would you kill that dude and anytime that character that killed the dude would talk and be like oh i'm morally superior no you killed that dude he didn't do anything and uh this is in relation again it's it's a uh, relation to the creation of the wardens uh the story goes basically spoilers for the be very beginning of the uh, dragon age origins um basically the wardens are defendants of the lands against monsters that come from underground and they for them to become wardens they have to drink the blood of those monsters and by doing that they basically mean that they will wither and die in like 30 years uh which let's not talk about how long that is or how little yeah 30 years they die at most and the fact that they drink the blood of the monsters is kept secret which is silly but whatever it's kept secret and they're like nobody knows and when the people accept or are recruited into being a warden, they don't know that they're going to be basically given a death sentence of 30 years. Um, and what happens is the, the, the chief of the wardens basically tells this recruit, hey, uh, you're, uh, you're here, let's become a warden. You're going to need to drink this blood and you're going to die in 30 years when you drink it, if you don't die earlier, because being a warden is very dangerous, but whatever. And the dude is like, no, I don't want to do that. And the chief of the warden just kills the dude. Stabs him. <laughs> it's a little worse yeah, than like, that. It's, it's, I, it's, it's, it's even really worse than that because what actually happens is you play the entire beginning of this game with a temporary party of two other uh, soon-to-be Grey Wardens. And you get back from this mission and then it's like, okay, time for initiation. You're all going to become Grey Wardens now. And then yeah, you get that reveal about how it works and all that. But like, you find out that like half of people, half of Grey Wardens die immediately. And oh so, yeah, it's worse than that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the other your other party member drinks it first and dies and then the other guy's like I'm not doing that and then gets killed yeah. and then it's just you. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like so much worse like, than I was remembering. It's like, yeah, it's like here you go and now you get to drink it after both of your party members are dead and you're all alone now. But for me from then on, that major character that later on Alistair is like, "Oh, that guy was really good." Cuz Alistair apparently liked that that chief of the wardens. Uh that chief warden for me forever is just a bad person. Yes. Like he might not be no, the worst person. Awful. He's a bad person. <laughs> and like none of what he says has any moral. It's someone that does me. something awful, but it's entirely cloaked in the idea that like, but 
this is all tradition, so it's fine. It's not even good. I don't know, it they, like a pretty, there's no reason for them like to hide that from the public. Show. They, they could. They should tell. They should be able the to. The Witcher. In the Witcher, yeah. Oh, The Witcher is a good. I think I even brought it up. Um, I think I even brought it up when I was reacting to this, the whole thing live in my first play, let's play. Um, is The Witcher is a good example of what is going on. Like people know that the, the people in, that become Witchers have like they 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 become. Um, uh, what's the word for barren? For men. Uh, they come. They're sterile. In f sterile, yeah, they become sterile. They can they die. Got, they got wiped down with with Kleenexes. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there's there's this whole thing. Like people know more or less what ha that be becoming a witcher is a pain in the ass. Like, and the warden, like the wardens in the in the first uh, game are specifically in a situation where they don't get a lot of recruits, which is I think is just meant for dramatic effect. There's there's no real intention behind the lore of that. But if that's the case, they should just tell. They should just say, we're here, we're so strong, we're, we're like, we're going to die for you. It's important. They, there's no reason for them to not tell that people need to drink the blood of the tainted or whatever. And uh, But that's like the, an in-game argument. That, that's like a, an argument that I make, that I would make to a warden and be like, no, you dumb doofus. What I make outside of the game is the, is the morality of that one character and the fact that the writers of the game made a what is supposed to be a hero just be bad on the face of it, according to modern day morals or my morals again, maybe not necessarily modern day, because the way like the thing is the way you tell the story. A lot of people and me included, maybe if I uh, if I uncritically played Dragon Age Origins. The way you tell the story, a lot of people will just look at that. Oh, yeah, that was a good person. And that guy that said no was a betrayer. No, of course. Of course they can't tell this. Oh, why would they? Because you just take it on face value and that's it. But all those things just build up this distorted image of... of uh, it, Well, it's the way stories are told. It's all, always distorted, isn't it? It's always a perspective. But it's just, it's a bad perspective. No, that guy is bad. He stabbed the dude. <laughs> And then Alistair is like, oh, Alistair, the twist at the end. I'm not going to get into Dragon Age Origins, but it's a good game and people should play it. It, it doesn't mean that it doesn't get on my nerves. That's that, I th the good games get on my nerves the, the most. So, yeah. Because you actually think about them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was your first mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a whole discussion to be had there about people like just following orders and so on or just following tradition blindly. There's a lot going on with the fact that, like, yeah, you just, you, you and Alistair just accept the murder of one of your, uh, your peers because he turned on the idea of doing the ritual. And then you just continue forward and never talk about it again. It's like, hang, hang on a fucking minute. Let's go at least would have a fucking 30 minute talk about this moment. Mm -hmm. You can't let someone betray you like that, clearly. Clearly, he was a spy. He, he was pretty sus. Yeah, who would say no to becoming a warden? Timely Only a references. Spy. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of I subtext think... that can be read into, into stuff like that. Things like toxic masculinity or, or, or sometimes, like a specifically in Dragon like... Age. Some... Sorry. 
I like I like RPGs because they're you, they're often stories and settings that specifically reward the idea of just thinking about them more and asking more questions. So it's always good when the narrative does that. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that's just uncritically just kind of thrown in there, like a weird mishmash of like tropes and recycled ideas from other things, and also like yeah elements of dragon age that are just there to be edgy like oh it's a dark ritual and everybody but you dies and also everybody's just covered in blood this whole game and there's a 30 seconds to mars <laughs> song and <laughs> i turn that off immediately but that's the default way the game looks is that you're covered in blood basically the entire playthrough <laughs> because like mm-hmm. you get in like one fight and now your entire party's covered in blood and then they just like have conversations like that <laughs> it's, it's really distracting i can't handle it Mm-hmm. And that's just like yeah, like Dragon Age was supposed to be pretty edgy. It's supposed to be a dark, they they spirit. Like I, I think I remember like this being ripped into a little bit by like the zero punctuation review at the time. It was the fact that like it, there was such an emphasis on the idea that Dragon Age was very specifically a dark fantasy game, and it's like it's a pretty regular fantasy game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like they wanted it to be dark and edgy, and that's why it's got the dumb song and why it's like you're all covered in blood and why. Yeah, like, oh, look, all these people who died, and here's a corpse dragon, and uh, I just, the enemy are zombies, and look how fucking horrifyingly muscular your dog is. <laughs> why does your dog <laughs> look like that? Boy. <laughs> he's yeah. a He's kind of scary. <laughs> like, why is well, I mean, he, he? The, dog, the dragon oh, age dog is so much, and then you never get a dog again. I don't think you even see them again. No, you see them in Mass Effect 2. Dragon There's, Age 2? Uh, yes, sorry, Dragon Age 2. You see them in Mass Effect uh, 2 when you shoot them. <laughs> Oof. And um, Dragon Age Origins even has another apartheid society, which is the dwarves. Again, nothing, no, there's no thoughts given to how terrible that they have the, the caste system, for one, and that they also have uh, the uh, the poor. Oh, they they name it in such an... It's a terrible indictment on, on it, but they name it the first instru- introduction to the lowest caste of the dwarves is... Um, it's the outlaws. It's like three things, and it, it's the outlaws, the traders, and the cr- and the poor, or something like that. And I'm just like, hmm, I am um, okay, all right. So anybody that is in favor of this is terrible, it's just because be- basically it criminalizes being poor, uh, on like on the face of the law. And like it, the game then proceeds to give no thought whatsoever to how bad the cast system <laughs> of the dwarves is, <laughs> and it's like as oh, it right. should. As, no, it should. It should give thought. I'm saying, no, it doesn't. It doesn't give any thought. And the dwarves, like the even the storyline is very, very yikesy. Uh, the whole thing about there's a lot of th- like. I get the impression that the game is trying to come across that the respect for tradition is the good thing out of that. There's a lot, there's some, which is never the case. <laughs> which, yeah. That is always the wrong answer in every narrative. Yeah. <laughs> but it, there's enough wiggle room there that, yeah, well, whatever you The problem with reading subtext is that unless it's like rep, repeated, uh, it's, it's kind of a leap of faith or lack thereof to read subtext into narratives like that. It, it needs to be like a consistent through line. Yeah. Yeah. Something, something devouring and... 
there's some Kamiya. kind of like reoccurring reinforcing theme throughout say like two seasons of an anime that somebody can talk about for too long <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah otherwise you're, you're like just hoping and guessing that this is the point and not just like a random incidental plot element that they didn't think about very much Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's uh and like the the definitely You'll see when you finish uh Inquisition, but like they're definitely setting up the idea that the next game might have more to do with elves. Just like how two sets up the idea that Inquisition's gonna be about mages. Mm -hmm. They're kind of all about mages, but two very specifically ends with like, it's time for mages. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's right. another another thing as well. I think that is better handled the whole mage situation. I forgot about that. Yeah, because it, it, it's it, a it's an ongoing conversation from the first game into the second one, and Anders mm -hmm. is up to some shit. The uh, I think the thematic sort of I need to play that game again, which I will at Dragon some H2? point. Like, because I need to cover the first two games at some point. I'm sure, but mm -hmm. uh. I'm wondering if I'll, if it'll turn around again. I got uh, at the time it was often seen as like a character assassination of Anders. What happens in that Dragon Age Two? Oh, really? Yeah, and now, wow. but now he's like the most badass person of the whole. I was game. gonna say all these all these years later, being and and being a leftist and so on. I'm like, I don't know. I think I might be. I think my I think my boyfriend doing the thing might be cool. Actually, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what I see it, it now. Cool. <laughs> Because I, I might be, I might be completely on his side and not actually have that many complicated opinions about it. Whereas, like, at the time, and this feeds back into your previous discussion about like not questioning authority and just doing what you're told, and also like cop, like propaganda and so on in yeah, in yeah. Mass Effect and Dragon Age and so on. Like, it's very much supposed to be understood, or at least like very much like the 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 response at the time was the idea that like. Anders is absolutely in the wrong and he went too far. He's the villain of every Marvel all the Marvel movies where they're like the Marvel guy, the villain has a point, but he went too far that they kept doing in the more recent movies. Uh like I think I don't know, man. I don't know if I'll have that opinion this time. I might just be like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I like object without I might just be like Anders marry me harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Removing my bias. Uh, that's not the story of Dragon Age 2. Dragon Age 2 goes to great lengths, great, great lengths to show that the uh, Inquisitors, or whatever they're called, are corrupt. They're systematically corrupt, and they're they're genocidal. They, and like, in the, the, it never shows the mages be, being evil. Or not evil, but they, are, they do show the mages being evil, but not, uh, what I mean is, it, it never shows the mages being more powerful than other people. And like, and and it's the same thing with the Krogan Mass Effect, but we can isolate it to to Dragon Age. Basically, they say, oh, the the mages are really powerful, and they are, and they can be really powerful. But they also show everybody else being really powerful, specifically the Inquisitors, and the Inquisitors are very powerful as well. Uh, and they and and uh, I I was paying attention from the beginning of the Dragon Age two to see the the game at least telling the story of the mages being powerful. Because if you're gonna tell a story like in the original Dragon Age and Dragon Age Origins, or the mages being powerful. You do what they did, which is, you know, they they set up the whole, the whole uh, story of the mages and it's like demons and just this like they really convey the point of the mages being dangerous in the Dragon Age one, where the I think Dragon Age one makes the point of the the mages being dangerous in Dragon Age two that doesn't happen, 
like maybe and it could be like in the lore of the world you can have the understanding that it's an omission of the story like dragon age 2 is not telling the whole story but the point of the story of dragon age 2 is to show that the mages are prosecuted unfairly it happens yeah. time and time again that they are like it's, it's oh, the I reason was, why i, I consider the mage intro be, to be like the important one to play out of all of them in dragon age origins is because you specifically mm -hmm. have a friend that is uh is made tranquil at the beginning of the playthrough yeah and that character shows up again later but you know who they are if you actually were there at the time so you very specifically you very specifically lose somebody to that system and so like, that mm -hmm. recontextualizes the entire playthrough in a significant way. And it's like, sure. Like, like, like the point of all the different Dragon Age Origins intros is, is they're supposed to all like recontextualize the entire playthrough a bit because that's the particular chunk of the culture that you have a specific background with. But mm -hmm. it's pretty clear that the one you really should play is Mage, not only because it has the most interesting and weird intro, but because it's the plot of the trilogy and the yeah, dwarves sure aren't like like the yeah. dwarves just exist so it's like wow i sure have perspective about this one city i'll visit later but like it's not a through line for the story to, they were supposed to be more of an important thing but they changed the object they changed the story they went it's so like, heavy on the mages nature. but yeah. in like a freaking uh anders is a very big change of pace from mass effect where my boyfriend is a cop and not just a cop, but like Batman, yes. like a, like an yes. extrajudicial cop. And it's like, uh oh, yes, very much so. <laughs> it's real rough that Garrus is like my favorite, bio, like Oof. like basically my favorite Bioware character because he's got some shit to unpack that's not great. It, in the first and in the second. <laughs> yep, he straight up becomes Batman in the second game. Mm -hmm. like, I mean, all right, it's well, okay. I, I think my my first favorite character in, in a Mass Effect was Ashley. And then it was like, oh, oh no, she's pretty. Nice oh no, as well. this is not. Yeah. But then again, all of yeah, them like are. going, going. But that's not true. Uh, Ashley no. correctly predicts the plot of Mass Effect. <laughs> Everyone hates her, but she's just saying you can't what trust the plot aliens. Of Mass Effect They're is. bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just saying, finish the Mass Effect trilogy, then go back and have the infamous conversation with Ashley, and just realize she's just explaining the plot of the trilogy to you. <laughs> Maybe somebody was like, you know what? Ashley was right. I'm going to write the whole damn story like she was. <laughs> oh, no. Mass Effect is actually saying that, no, the racists are right. <laughs> but again, as I, I was saying before, like on a, if you want to be if you want to be technical, it is just a story about how somebody hates some somebody enough to ruin to make things worse for everybody. Like it's. I, it, it is weird that like every single avenue you take in Mass Effect is just racism somewhere. It's like, well, <laughs> mm. I, yeah. I guess we, we can't just assume that they're going to go after one of their own, right? Because it's just what a human said. Well, I hope this doesn't turn out bad. Oh, no, he's destroying the Citadel now. <laughs> have, we, like, have, we uh, have we talked on the podcast about that time that Dragon Age 2 added me as gay and I just that quietly swept that under the rug for a decade? We have not. <laughs> I mean, I, Andrew was there. I, yeah, <laughs> I knew. I, I, it, wasn't, it wasn't subtle. Yeah, I, I, it is very <laughs> obvious that like every time you play Bioware games, you only had male partners. Until like I was recording it. <laughs> this is well, a, yeah, but it was uh, this is canon yeah, and did, it, it stayed true through because this is a, 
I kept this. Uh, but yeah, it was yeah, fucking fucking Anders. Uh, was it? We went in and we played Dragon Age 2's DLC that had Felicia Day in it. Because I'd already yeah, played the actual yeah, game yeah. itself. So we just played the DLC as a standalone but, little playthrough. And yeah, fucking, but it wasn't on the channel, so it was just, it's just the DLC. Yeah, it was just, and then just unpredictably, in a way that I had not thought ahead on, uh, in the middle of this playthrough, fucking Anders just walks in, and he's like, hello, husband, basically. <laughs> like, just, yeah, and, then, yeah. and there was a reaction in the room at the time, and I just kind of, like, wow. rushed past that moment and continued on. <laughs> but, like, I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> this is a dangerous playthrough to play on camera, but it's still on camera. Like, those videos are still up <laughs> from, like, 20, that like was from 12 uh, or something. From 20... No, 2011. It might be 2011. That's when the game came wow. out. It was yeah. 2011. You were 20 yeah. years old. 21, yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. one eternity you ago. You're old, man. It's... <laughs> and I was just like, oh, we're going to get past this. But yeah, <laughs> because, yeah, I, think, I, yeah, I, I, did, I, I did definitely... I, I uh, Was it Mass Effect 1 was was uh, either Caden or Liara. Uh, Mass Effect 2 and 3 is Garrus. Uh, Ma uh, Dragon Age 2... Uh, is definitely uh, is definitely Anders, <laughs> and it's like oh, yeah, I think this I... is fucking awkward. There was the there was the whole thing where it's like I had to I had to I had to pick a beard in Dragon Age Inquisition. It's like uh, Josephine will do fine because Sarah's a lesbian. So I guess it's you and me, Josephine, because if, if we're gonna have hey. conversations if I go after Iron Bull on camera. <laughs> 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 Good for you. Some goofy <laughs> fucking bullshit. <laughs> it's, There's a lot of instances funny. like that uh, over the years where I'm just like, uh, don't focus on this too hard. But I did keep it. I kept it, and when I filled in my backstory for uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, Hawk was gay with Anders, so he just kind of walks in with his hut, and like Hawk just walks in for a bit, and he just offhand references being with Anders. It's like essentially like, oh, how's how's the kid? It's like it's like how's how's the boy back at home? It's like just a fucking offhand thing, but like, it's a uh, it's just amusing to have that through line, because yeah, you uh, they really wanted because it's a selling point of Mass Effect. They really wanted your choices to matter in Dragon Age Inquisition from the last two games, so you can import your save. Or you can play this really this really detailed questionnaire that at, where you explain what happened in the last two games, and they will pay lip service to all of them, up to and including mm -hmm. like you can import the appearance of Hawk and he, and he can show up in person at some point for like a moment and you're like wow look at him it's Hawk. <laughs> it's, it's it's very funny. I'm like quickly rewatching the Dragon Age two DLC that we played. And I forgot there's a point where there was like some guy that we needed a key from or something. <laughs> and you have your character because because he's already canonically in that playthrough gay. You have him kiss one of the guys to <laughs> steal something out of his pocket. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember. Everyone in the room is like, everyone that. in the room is like, oh, my God. But what about Anders? <laughs> concerned that you're cheating on your husband i do not remember that at all i just remember the part where i was horrified for a minute and then i remember i a uh, fucking like 
Mo Mercury style. Oh, yeah, we, 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 we used to call it Mo Mercury puzzles, but we now we now we now know they're called yeah. Lights Out. But it's a fucking Lights Out puzzle on the floor that we took so long oh. to solve. <laughs> so you had to like fast forward or skip through it eventually. It's Dragon Age Two. Yeah. I got uh, Dragon so Age Two. Mark of the Assassin. The Mark of the Assassin uh, DLC yeah, has yeah. a puzzle where there's like a picture of like a dude oh, on no, the no, floor the or something. I that. Yeah, yeah. You didn't play the DLCs. <laughs> I played the other one because uh, the so... DLCs for uh, Electronic Arts games are Satan, and uh, <laughs> and it's the worst thing in the entire of entirety. Like Mass Effect Two, for example, you cannot get any DLCs if you have the Steam version. So I'm just like, yes, I'm not playing any. <laughs> That's it. That is it. I did very specifically play the uh, the like Xbox classic emulated version on my like on my Xbox One because I very specifically was like this is the platform where I own all of these DLCs and they're like impossible to get on other platforms at this point. Yeah, the pro- and that's, my problem and then that's even when you get past me. how much of a mess Mass Effect Two was with like Cerberus Network. Because that was oh, back yeah. when that oh, was back when every EA game had an online pass, and mm-hmm. so in mm. order to pl- in order to get the the rest of the game, in many cases, you had to buy a new copy of the game that came with a, 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 a whatever the code was for the online pass, and then you had to redeem that. Otherwise, you got like a weird, shitty, incomplete version of the game with some major thing that was missing, and they want you to pay ten dollars to get that back, essentially. And so, like in a uh, in Mass Effect Two, it was the it was uh, Cerberus Network, which is which was uh, how you got the quote unquote free Zaid DLC, which is how that entire character is in the game. And then there was I've like never a seen that character. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally fine with this reality. It's an entire companion <laughs> character you just don't have it's because of that. Totally fine. Yeah, and then there's a there's <laughs> like a there's like the Firewalker DLC, which is like uh, it's like the new Super Mako like. They 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 very mm. clearly tried to develop a Mako for Mass Effect Two. It shows up in the game a bunch of times. The Super Mako. Do you actually use it though? I forget. No no no. Like, yeah. I saw it the second time. I saw it. I was like, oh, we're gonna drive it now, and then it didn't. Yeah, they <laughs> very like, oh. they very clearly, uh, as far as I can tell, they like developed a they developed a new Mako to address the concerns of the previous Mako. But then they like just didn't finish it, or they cut it, and then they just finished. Oh. It. They, then they just made a shitty little mission pack for it later. That's largely divorced of, divorced of any context, and they put it out in Cerberus Network, and it's just it's just dumb because it's just yeah yeah it's just not Mass Effect, and it's not even and because it's it's a weird uh, free throwaway DLC as part of the online pass. It's also like not attached to anything so it's it's also not like a reoccurring mini game that you do as part of the overall experience like with the original mako and it's instead just like a weird mission pack where you play a different video game for half an hour for some reason it's just a bad idea yeah. zaid's so significant me- and it's also annoying that like getting zaid from the Cer- from cerberus network is the only way to have zaid in mass effect 3 also because the characters that are alive all return in some way or other mm-hmm. and so like he's just not going to be there either because you d- you couldn't get deal with mass effect 2's dlc <laughs> do you have kasumi so, yeah i just don't, you don't have kasumi they don't either right steam. they don't exist on steam basically oh you don't have kasumi people no, like kasumi. kasumi yeah yeah you miss out on a lot of stuff if you didn't never interact with the cerberus network it just yeah. like 
you had to pay for you had to pay like fifteen dollars for Kasumi, but Kasumi was a was a thief character that you that you recruit. And if like, you play the game on release, you also don't do that. That's just terrible. And for me, yeah, the no, it's, it's awkward because you have to you have to like load up your save and go play the Kasumi mission now and just pretend she was there all along. Yeah, for uh, Dragon Age Two for me is I started out on Steam, and somebody told me, oh, there's the, a bunch of DLCs that you probably want, and I was like, okay, I'll get the EA version with all the DLCs that costs a lot of mo- more money, but that's fine, whatever. And then I imported my save. So you haven't played Overlord. When I finished, uh, I don't know, maybe. Dragon Age 2 has so much fucking DLC. I finished Dragon Age 2, and then I went and looked at the DLCs, and I realized all of them are midway through the game. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, now you tell me. Okay, well, some of them are not, and I played the one that is not just a combat fest, and and that is, is interesting. Actually, I liked it. It was the one with the, like, in an ancient society or ancient ruins. It was pretty cool. Is it the Corypheus one? Yes. Yes, that's that that's it's familiar. good you played that. Yeah, that one is. That's that that's <laughs> that that's is plot, that. Yeah, it? that is the I'm setting up Matt Dragon Age three DLC. Yeah, I don't know Overlord. I have no idea what that is. Overlord is it's, strange. Uh, it's one where I I keep questioning it because I don't know what's up, but. I think at the time it was criticized for being an iffy presentation of somebody with autism or something, but I can't remember for sure, and I don't really know what was going on. But there was essentially as like a uh, a dude hooked up to a computer that's like lashing out through this entire facility, and he can't and he can't be free and so on. Uh, but also Arrival, the Arrival DLC for Mass Effect Two, uh, you might want to look into. If at least watch what it is or something, it's mm-hmm. a really bad DLC and I hate it. But hate also, them. Mass Effect Three opens on the consequences of that DLC. <laughs> so if no. you haven't played it, you're very confused because, like, Mass Effect Three literally opens on like a trial for Shepard because of what happened in the Arrival DLC, <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. like it just okay. opens there like you played it. It's just confusing. I will remember that when I start Mass Effect 3. But I have like 500 plot complaints about the Arrival DLC. Up to and including the fact that it like unlocks. Not only do do you play it in Mass Effect 2. I think it unlocks in the first half of Mass Effect 2. (laughs) So it's like a bizarrely major event happens weirdly early in Mass Effect 2. Based on when you play that DLC. And then you just go Mm -hmm. back to playing Mass Effect 2. (laughs) It's just very weird. It definitely oh, no. feels like something that should have happened after Mass Effect 2, but that is not when it opens up as a thing you can do. Well, it's sometimes weird. Sometimes you don't get a choice, I guess. I, I, I always wonder what the uh, what the process is to add DLC to RPG games like that. Because uh, like we were talking about with Outer Worlds, it's like you they just show up in the middle, but how do you decide what is the middle or like what is a good entry point for certain DLC, especially when some of it is it almost feels like it can be a little jarring. As they just a, go back as a and rule, no one, I don't no one acknowledges like, it. I basically don't like DLC in RPGs as a concept. That makes Sometimes sense. I, I can, well, though. And part of it's the implementation. That. Part of it is the fact that like 
it's better if there's like one giant expansion where here's a whole new continent to go explore and you get a hook into it at some yeah. point to find you find out about like the the shivering isles or whatever but like like bioware dlc or a lot of other games dlcs or like kingdoms of amalur and so on like there's two things that can happen here one you play the game first then dlc comes out that's awkward now you gotta like figure out how to even get to the dlc like i it, like it was a bummer like even though it's cool as it was it was it was frustrating trying to figure out how to get to the disco elysium update content because you have to like plant a seed days ago then go through days of like the timeline to then trigger the event to just do the deal like doing it as an isolated event is really awkward and like I'm still still haven't seen that yeah it's an ex it's rough to like make it work if you try to do it in an old file as opposed to just playing the game again yeah uh, I'm, I'm doing a new game yeah but i don't and, know what i'm looking for so hopefully i'll, I'll find it. <laughs> good luck <laughs> i found the cops for what the pigs rather i found the pigs i didn't find it in my first playthrough such yeah. a wild character there's some shit but, going sorry, on I'm... but the uh like What's frustrating is a lot the way that a lot of DLC is implemented into RPGs is that you often finish the tutorial and then they just yell at you about all the DLCs you have. Like there's just a weird pop-up comes up yeah. that just explains every DLC you have for that game all at once or something. Uh and just they just they'll get plopped in there. They have to put like a weird special marker on the DLC uh like quest to make it look different and so it's just like glaring at you the entire playthrough this like very abundantly not part of the original game thing so it's like either you have to go back to an old save and try to figure out the the trigger for this one awkward thing and then pretend it was part of a larger playthrough or you play it when the dlc is already out and you just have this bizarre modular very obviously not part of the rest of the package piece of content that's just glaring at you all playthrough and it's just very strangely implemented like and, and yeah, in a lot of cases, you play a game like Kingdoms of Amalur, and the DLC is just magically in your quest log, like the moment the game you get out of the tutorial, and then it's just staring at you the whole time. I feel like Dragon Age Two, uh, Mass Effect Two, despite how fucky the DLC situation was outside of the game itself, might have done one of the better solutions for it in the game itself, and that's partly because Drag Mass Effect Two is a game about recruiting a bunch of separate people for a big suicide mission. So they don't necessarily, <laughs> it there, really it's not, there's not a very coherent, like Mass Effect 2 does not have a plot <laughs> for most of the game. It really is. It, the, yes, it yes. is a, it is just the story of all these individual characters. So you can just add more characters and then yeah, yeah, they, yeah so like in mass effect 2 kasumi and zaid are introduced the same way that like garris is like and that's why you just, you just get their yeah like you don't feel their absence yeah. either right but like you yeah, just get yeah, a dossier about a character and you investigate them and you go recruit them and they they slot in just like everybody else the other mm -hmm. dlcs that are not characters and and which like you know, like those characters work like the other ones. Like the, here's their intro mission. Then you can talk to them on in in your in your ship throughout the game. And then there's the the loyalty mission later in the game. Uh, the ones that aren't companions are just fucking that one guy with the ex extreme vocal fry calls you on his thing at some point in the game. Like we got a mission for you, Shepard. The the moon's gone crazy, and like they also just kind of show up organically <laughs> the way that any other like main story mission might show up, but like other games 
most games do it much 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 worse and like the uh the dlc missions usually very distracting and awkward i remember uh, to some extent like even like dark souls 2 you buy the dlcs and they just like plop weird shit in your inventory and just tell you about the dlc in some weird way and then like scholar of the first sin is like hey let's take this dlc that's just built in now and you definitely own it and it will like organically put the triggers for how to get there throughout the story and try to make it coherent and not a weird like separate segregated slice of pie but uh it's frustrating because you often are like i just want to is it safe to play the game yet <laughs> and rpgs are really bad yes. about being safe to play yet because they constantly are like and then dlc happened or and then the director's cut happened you're like i just i just want to get the game i just want to experience the version of the game that everyone's going to be talking about later what? And I don't want to but play it twice. They make, but they make it so difficult to experience that. Like, I do that with the Witcher games. I I wait. I did that with, not the, with the Witcher one, but I did that with 2 and 3. I waited for the enhanced edition. And I played them all. And it was fine. It was easy. Mass Effect, I've waited so long in Dragon Age. And they make it so difficult. And now all of it's gone. And I can't play it. Fuck you. I'm fine. Whatever. Uh man. You're not going to play the Citadel DLC, <laughs> are you? Probably not. What is it? No, oh, wait, yeah. which isn't that for the Dragon Age 3? Yeah, Mass Effect 3. I have Dragon Age 3 on, on uh, the EA Origin thing or whatever it's so called this week. You're, you're gonna have you're gonna have the Mass Effect 3 DLC? I think so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Because that's Unless that they, DLC they was so big it broke the rules for Xbox 360 DLC. And so you mm -hmm. had to download two DLCs. Yeah, there was the there was the there was that's, the Citadel DLC funny. Part One, which you paid for, and then the Citadel DLC Part Two, which was free, because you had to finish downloading it as a separate download because it was so big that you couldn't have it as one download back then. And like, mm. and by modern standards, it's probably small, but like back then, the Citadel DLC was such a big DLC that you couldn't have DLCs the, that big back then on a console. That's the proper end of the game, isn't it? It's not no mm, it. Okay, no spoil. It's fine. Yeah, it's not okay. the ending of the game because it doesn't take place at the end. Oh, but it is a celebration of the Mass Effect trilogy, basically. So it mm -hmm. is like it is a farewell to the trilogy. That's full of fan service that was made after the series was over. And so it is, in many ways, it feels like the ending of the trilogy, especially since how many people experienced it. But you have to play it before the ending. Mm. Some people even talk about, like, the correct way of playing Mass Effect 3 is to play the whole story. And then and you play all the other DLCs. But, after, but then you beat the story. And then you play the Citadel DLC as, like, a weird, like spin-off final hurrah like a, celebration what thing. i might do yeah it's a it's a very enjoyable dlc directly amplified by how much you like the characters because the more like you the, the more, more the more you like the squad members of the trilogy the more the, that that game that dlc specifically pays off because it's just about having as much of the squad as possible across the entire trilogy i really like miranda and Jack and Liara 
No, wait. Liara is the uh, no, not Liara. Tally. Tally is great. Tally is great. Yeah, uh, uh, this one. Thane. I really like Thane, even though he had the most infuriating audio effect whenever he was doing that flashback thing. <laughs> uh, and that's it. Those are the characters that I like. Fuck everybody else. Die, Liara. <laughs> Basically, yes. Damn. You don't like Garrus at all. Well, Liara you, you can't. You can't look past him being a giant cop. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just some such a cop that it's impossible to like him. <laughs> Listen, I was I, young. I, remember, I was sixteen. It was a different time. I'm not shaming. I'm not sure. <laughs> I remember, wasn't it? I think it was like, was it? Uh, I think it was Liara's scene that was the one that made all the TV rounds. Yeah, the, the it's such a tame scene. It's basically see half. Yeah, the the, the Fox like, News <laughs> sex box segment yeah. where poor Jeff yeah. Keeley is just being shouted over <laughs> by two women that never played the game. Sex box. It what was a called. Great name, yeah, dude. they call it the sex box, and they're talking about like this. They talk about like it's explicit porn targeted at children when it's both not explicit and also it's an M-rated game. Like <laughs> everything was wrong about the entire narrative, and they had an expert mm -hmm. that they brought in from the field who could talk about it very clearly, and they just shame him and shout over him the whole time. And it's and the person that they bring in as the counter expert who also hasn't played the game is just some lady <laughs> she has no connection to the industry at all yeah. has never played the game people responded by review bombing her book into oblivion which she was there to promote and it's like talk about cancel culture yeah it's, it's just it's a it's a very <laughs> frustrating to segment to watch canceled their book it was just how i knew early on that like media like news is bad but also fox news in particular is just especially just like they clearly do not have any standard. There's no, this is not journalism. They have no ethics. Like this was like so embarrassingly just false. And me, uh, that was half my life ago now. Fuck. For me, the, the Wake big. me up. Just you wait until you're 35. The, the, Nobody likes me, you when you're 35. Uh, the big, the big sort of takeaway, not from that, because I, I wasn't, I wasn't really exposed to that. I heard it like on the internet and be like, oh, some people are freaking out, whatever. Um, but the real takeaway, especially modern day, we see that a lot, uh, is that the, the, the extreme polarization of media, or no, I say media, but that's not the correct term because video games are media. Um, the extreme polarization of serialized semi-newscasts is... This just rots people's brains. It's, people are just engulfed in this sort of whatever war it's, is going on. And you see that with trans rights these days and with the, whenever there's a shooting that is bigger than the normal shooting that happens every day in the US that with gun rights and you see with the... Uh, I mean, it happens even with, with the war in Ukraine and like people are just... They're, they feed on that sort of the, whatever war is going on in, the, in twitter or whatever and it, that's that, that's their whole life that's all they talk about for a little while and then they move on to whatever happens next and it, it, it's bizarre sometimes if you meet somebody that you haven't talked to in a while and just see whatever brain rot they're on this week or this month or whatever 
And Speaking of brain of rot, is, uh, I'm famous. You're famous? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm being a bad listener. I didn't listen to anything you just said because I just realized Damn. that... <laughs> Jesus. It was just... I got very distracted because somebody just shared with me the fact that I'm apparently on, like, the front page of r slash shitty Dark Souls. And nice. It's a, it says what? when you when you really want to have a special and unique opinion, and it's just a p- screenshot. Funnily enough, they did censor my username, uh, but you can see Marrow in the. I'll just post this so you guys can see it too. You can see Marrow in the. It's very clearly me, but it's just my mm-hmm. ranking of the Soul <laughs> series. <laughs> it's got it has got one point one thousand likes, or it's like it's like way up there in score right now. Like people are having there's 206 <laughs> comments in this screenshot. People are discoursing me. <laughs> I haven't even you seen the have, thread. Wait a second. I'm just very are amused you, to you, see this. Did you downvote this? Why would you downvote this? this I is didn't clearly, downvote it. It's not my you, screenshot. No, no, the person who took the screenshot. Did. Oh, yeah. yeah. What the hell? Tell them to read to up it. What are they? Talking just, about? It just, is perfect publicity for you. I, I mean, it's rank. not it's not publicity because no one knows who it is. I have not. My Twitter has not been exactly. blowing up over this. It's censored. But but knowing like I very clearly know who that is, it's like it's very clearly that avatar. But yeah, for those that for those that miss it when I post it in the community tab or on Twitter, my ranking of the Souls series, which like I don't know, the the idea of ranking an entire franchise is goofy anyway. So it's like whatever, these will change every time I try yeah. to post this list because like they're long games. So by the time you play the trilogy, by, by the time you play these seven games, like it's been three years again since the first one in that series that you played. Like, you can't quickly loop through this franchise like it's a fucking... like it's a series of movies. But my ranking is uh, number seven, Dark Souls. (laughs) Number six, Elden Ring. Five, Sekiro. Four, Dark Souls 3. Three, Demon's Souls. Two, Bloodborne. And one, Dark Souls 2. (laughs) You didn't rank Scholar of the First Sin. Yeah... That's excessive. <laughs> it should be z- number zero. Um, number zero? I, no, Dark Scholar <laughs> of the First Sin. It's cool that it does, it, it does very interesting things, like the weird use of the... Like like turning the statues into a mechanic that actually re- is common instead of happening twice and uh, incorporating the DLCs more reasonably into the game. But it is very much just a special difficulty... F- third playthrough of dark souls 3 after you've played the main game and the new game plus versions of the original game you get two more new game plus versions but like it's very much it's very much worse it's not hugely worse but it's not better than dark souls 2 it's the only version of dark souls 2 that i played and i love it that's really it's really weird (laughs) yeah it's really weird that you you played that first yeah it's it's the whole not first the only one yeah, it's bad. I mean, it's their fault. They did it that they did it that way, and it's bad that they did yeah. that. Uh, it was also on sale, so I was yeah. like, "Oh, I'm gonna grab Dark Souls too." It's bad like that it sold as a standalone was- thing, and it's bad that it's like it feels like a game of the year edition. Like it's the correct, and it kind of is because it has all the DLCs. But yeah, yeah. Uh, the whole point of most of that campaign is to be a response to the original campaign. So it's supposed to be a bunch of surprises that are brought on by you knowing what the game was already like. And I had that experience. Mm. It was very cool. But not having mm. that context is very weird. But here's the worst part, Colonel. Here's I, this is mm. You're bringing back my comments section from 2014 or 15 or whatever that was so frustrating. Oh, no, dreaded years. Is that like... <laughs> so... <laughs> 
Dark Souls 2, Scholar of the First Sin on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One was Dark Souls 2, but with all the DLC included and this new remixed crazy campaign, right? Mm-hmm. And also PC and so on. Dark Souls mm-hmm. 2, Scholar of the First Sin on PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 is a Game of the Year edition. It's the original campaign with all the DLCs what? included. It's just the it's just those products again. Wow. It is not the new campaign. They're called the same thing. Oh no. <laughs> oh, the it's so Matt, fucking and weird. <laughs> they called them call this, marketing. They called two different products the same thing based on what what platform you got them on. So if you so if you bought the the last gen versions People were all confused because they're looking up their play. They're looking up a playthrough of it, and my playthrough didn't look that my game didn't look like their game, and it's because it wasn't the same game. Because <laughs> they just had there was was just a game of the year edition. It just it was just a DLC bundle with no changes. <laughs> it was baffling and infuriating. Uh, uh, uh. I'm 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 going through the wiki page. The Wikipedia page doesn't say that. It says only thing is on PC, PlayStation Four, and Xbox One. The, this also features remastered visuals and more advanced lighting effects. Runs at 1080p, 60 frames per second. It doesn't mention anything about the game, the gameplay. <laughs> I, I'm not doubting you. It's just that I'm I'm sure a lot of people don't know that, <laughs> which is what you're referring to about the comments, right? Womp womp womp. Yeah, womp. I think Dark Souls is better than Elden womp. Ring. Wow. That's going to yeah. land you on the top of r slash shitty Dark Souls. Elden Ring is the worst Dark Souls. I, I, I'm, just pl- I'm just glad that Keith at least had enough sense to put five, Sekiro at five. Like, it belongs in the top five at least. Out of only seven, like, what is the meaning of that? I think they're all good games. So it's like, getting mad at this list is No, goofy. that's not enough. No, no, no. No, no, oh, no. Yeah, it needs sure. Sekiro belongs at the top. It is the only good Sekiro very specifically uh, has to be also. higher than Elden Ring because it's coherent and Elden Ring is a mess. I Sekiro think it, is a very singular, well put together thing that I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Whereas the El- Elden Ring is the opposite. No, wait, do you maybe I like all know. these games. It's just the lower you get, so the more kind of frustrating things get. <laughs> Elden Ring is just a frustrating product that's just full of a lot of things to complain about. And Dark Souls 1 mm-hmm. is just not as good as its legacy implies. But it's, it's alright to be bad. You have played the Banjo-Kazooie game recently, and you know that it's alright to be bad. There was even very specifically a time period where Dark Souls 1 was known as, like, a step down from Demon Souls, and, like, mm. it was worse. But... That was just for people who played Demon Souls, whereas like Dark Souls One exploded in popularity to a different like degree of magnitude, and so all the newcomers the became castles. the the actual narrative that dominated because things. Because the castles are cooler. But in That's the o- in in the opening bit there, it was known as a worse sequel to Demon Souls for a bit until all the people that never played Demon Souls came in uh, as really the word spread about it. You also t- t- uh, typed it wrong. It's Demon's Souls. Demands. No, did you type it right? Yeah, I, t- I typed it right. I never know. 
Yeah, he think. typed it yeah. right. That is how you spell it. There it is, is apostrophe S. Yes. My pedantry is foiled is. once again. Yeah, no, that's a. It's an age-old complaint oh, about about it is the, how goofy yeah. it is to try to have to say demons souls Look, out English, loud because English you have not to, perfect. That's why it's I, I always end up be. saying demon souls because who the fuck is going to pronounce that game name yeah, correctly? It's so frustrating that it's called demons souls. <laughs> <laughs> You have to have a distinct pause in order to actually say it. Otherwise, it just sounds like you're saying Demon Souls. Yep. It's impossible. Anyway, we're over three hours in. Holy shit, we gotta go. I'm famous on Reddit. Oh my I can, god. I can, I can quit the internet now. Because obviously that's a monetizable thing. They finally <laughs> reached my normal opinions. I wonder how many of the comments react to the furry avatar. Because that's the only you thing. That's the only uh, identifiable thing about me. I hope they say nice things. Uh, I, I imagine they treat it the same way as they do anime avatars, which is like complete and old, total disgust. Like, oh my <laughs> god, I can't believe it's another person it's with an X avatar though. on the internet making uh, opinions. Yeah, but you can easily dis you can easily dismiss people based on their avatar. It's really convenient. Yeah, if it's an hexagon shaped avatar. Yeah, even the anime community dismisses other anime <laughs> avatar people based on I was what right. the anime character is. The top comment is a joke yeah. list, and then the next the next thread after that is if you listen to someone with a furry profile pic, then you've already lost. Yeah, <laughs> and what's and what's their profile pic? It's a horse. Yeah, there you go. It's that at least we can't. It's not a, a case of glass houses then. No, wait. Which was Yes, it no, is. <laughs> no, it isn't. If you have a horse as an avatar, it's all right. Right? Are we are we shaming people with the horses as, as avatar? That's a furry avatar. The person's furry? also a furry. Oh, wait a minute. So, don't listen to you, them. when They're you said liars. a horse. I imagined I imagined like a photo of a horse, not a picture. <laughs> like a photorealistic horse is like yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'd have to there you go. I'd have to see the thread. I imagine it doesn't matter. It's Reddit. You don't. Your, yeah, your first mistake was for listening to a redditor. Um, see, look how easy that was. You can just ignore an entire website. The uh, well, congratulations, Keith. Hopefully, your newfound virility, virility, vi virality, vitrally, um, will serve you well in the future. Oh my god, there's so much discourse. I'm gonna be busy. Old, I'm gonna be bu stop, stop reading the I'm gonna, discourse. No, I'm, read, I'm, gonna be I'm gonna be busy all day with this brain poison. Oh no, I think you should start Reddit replying back. I think you need to update. No. So make sure you update your uh, update your your uh, your Reddit avatar to be that same one from Twitter, and then reply to people, but only with reply with the list. I like this fucking comment. If he's passing it as an opinion, that's all right. I myself have D Dark Souls 2 more on the top with Dark Souls 1 more on the low. But as a fact, fuck no. What does that comment even mean? What? Yeah, what is it? What does that even mean? I, ha I hate this fucking endless discourse about like <laughs> objectivity versus subjectivity. And it's like, 
and like that my like your opinion is different like he agrees with me that dark souls Wait. 2 is good and dark souls 1 Wait, is no. flawed but how dare i try to pass it off as fact instead of opinion or something i'm like that's the ultimate what heavy cake you need to what do those words even mean <laughs> what a your opinion is that it is a fact i mean because it, it's oh it's, my it's goodness. a fact that you like things because it's an opinion that is a fact it's a fact. I thought opinion, uh, is what I'm saying. I thought it was mostly aware that the the whole goal here is that as you make sequels, they are supposed to be better than the first as you get comfortable with your mechanics. And no, but they want then, to make different mechanics and have a horse. I know, but I'm saying, and then like, from software notoriously account. keeps trying to be like, well, we did a good thing, let's do it again, but add one bad thing, and seems to be like the. No, and they didn't do that in Dark Souls Elden Ring 2. Is they like, just did better Elden things. Ring. Dark Souls 2 is wholly better than Dark Souls 1. Is it? Including the DLCs that are I, that I All hate right. a lot. I like the DLCs Probably. a lot, except for the... I like some ex- of them. I, I just don't like... I hate the third boss of every DLC. Yes. I don't know that what they were doing, thing. but they made a bad boss in every DLC yes. that's, at the, at, that's at the end of a horrible zone. That's like... I think at the time the narrative was that it was supposed to be a mandatory co-op zone and so it was like a horrifying enemy gauntlet that you were meant to summon for and then there was like a iffy boss at the end of it each time like the blue smelter demon or uh, reindeer land ending in the two tigers. I never found the two tigers. I was like oh that's it for this area. That reindeer area is so nightmarish that it's genuinely hard to even consistently find the tigers, but you will die so many times against the fucking tigers because there's two of them that you'll start getting familiar with how to navigate reindeer land. That zone is insane. It hurts. I know. I saw you suffer. I saw you suffer. Every game has a pain part, and that one was that one's by far. They had the goal to well, bring something similar back in Elden Ring. It's like they're taunting you. And that area is kind of pants as well. And it's just... Ugh. And then they have the whole, and you know the whole thing. And, and then hopefully next time we can get in depth about it. We still have some hours to go. We can make this a five-hour podcast. We do not podcast. have We've hours We've done five-hour podcasts. No. We have not, yeah. but also... And we split it in half, I remember. Not. No. Keith, do you remember no. this? I'm very distracted. <laughs> yes, he is, very, he is, okay. he is reading discourse I'm, now. We need to wrap it up. He's not, he's not here anymore. I appreciate this one. Send your questions. Furry send bad, your questions but list pretty accurate. He had to admit I was basically right. Even, well, despite being like furry bad. Like, I win. I won. Yeah, everyone send your questions to dialogue choices podcast at gmail.com. It's spelled like the podcast name is not like the other way you can spell dialogue because there's two ways to spell dialogue. Don't fuck it up. Unless Don't know who have, gets those other emails. Freaking <laughs> <laughs> Jeff. And well, we can spend two hours almost answering your question. This is too long of an episode. Oh my god, it's almost three and a half hours long. Go to bed, everybody. Yes, Stop reading yes. Reddit. Everybody go to bed. All right. Good night. Bye. Bye. Good night. Bye. I'm Reddit famous. <laughs>